Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. These aren't franchises, it's all lies. I'm your host Al White. And joining me throughout all of the 1980s slasher movies that I've picked seemingly at random is Katie Watson. Hi. And Shannon Hollander. Hello. She is still here. (laughs) Just barely, people. (laughs) Will she turn up next week? We'll see. We don't know. (laughs) 6.1 out of 10 is what The Prowler gets. 1981 is the film we're talking about. If you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on out to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, where you can patch out to all of our previous podcasts through there, or you can do it even easier, but just by going to iTunes or onto that little purple app, type in We Are Geeks, find us, rate us, subscribe to us. Really helps us out a whole bunch. We don't do this for any money. We're crazy people. We don't do patrons. No goddamn banner ads. And for the love of... I was trying to think of anything other than Jesus. For the, for the love of Ted Danson. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I would, have a, I would join and sell a Ted you. Dancing cult. Uh, we're not going to try and sell you any Ted Dancing cults, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or at least memberships there because too. Because the doors are closed. Yeah. We're, we're at capacity. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Fucking hair in lot. here. Mm-hmm. I never, I never Everyone gets that. a was mustache the... comb when they join. <laughs> yeah. Is it a good place? Is that the one he's in? The good? The yeah, good? he's in the good yeah. place. I never saw him out. I love him in Bored to Death. Yeah, he's really oh good. Yeah. Well, we well, just love him cheers. in Cheers. Um, no, sure. But I, like, I think he's, I actually like him most in Board to Death. Yeah, he's I think really that's his... good in Board to Death. So yeah, do that. That's nice of you. Thank you. You can find other ways to support us by listening all the way to the end of the podcast. Think of it like a paywall. That's what our content is in itself. It's a paywall to how you can support us at the end. You just got to get through all the shit first. 1981. I'm sure we all remember this year very well. Uh, what was happening, though, in that landscape? Someone here has the top 10 box office worldwide hits that changed everything. I do. I do. I do. So much excitement every, every time, time from Shannon. Every time. Let's see. Although you didn't say your name this week, at least. You're like, normally you're like, I do. It's me, Shannon. I have the top 10 box <laughs> Well, listen. she's programmed you, and now you've seen it. Right. It's a, and this is a, a, we're just going by voice, right? So, like, they don't know. I got to say my name. It's not like they can see me like you can saying, I do, I do, I do. I'm going to take a little photo of you and put it on my just, Twitter. I'm here for, oh, that sounds like a terrible idea. Um, I'm feeling <laughs> and looking rough this morning. That's your hair did yesterday. You look good. I did get my hair cut yesterday. Everything's going to be fine. I got the sweet, sweet cut. Thank you, Chelsea. I, I, I videoed a little bit and I zoomed in on you 
but there's obviously no sound because my headphones are in, so people listening can go to my Twitter and then try and sync up those five seconds of video with the podcast you know for what? a video cast. That sounds <laughs> like it, an I appropriate challenge. If someone does that, <laughs> wow, and you haven't rated us, that's weird. <laughs> if you put that much effort into that you and then problems. are like, fuck their rating though. <laughs> five seconds is like, I mean, that's gift length, isn't it? So someone could technically take those two things, combine them and create the perfect Shannon gift. I mean, I don't know if it'd be the perfect Shannon gif, because, like, does that well, truly you're stroking exist? your hair and you're on mute. <laughs> so do many people. That's the ideal. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's exactly what it is. That's yeah. my life. <laughs> um, anyway, what's happening? Okay. 1981. 1981. Top 10 worldwide box office. Let's see here. Coming in at number 10, we have The Cannonball Run. Very classic. Very classic. I like it. Oh, hang on. No, wait, 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 wait. Number nine. Number nine. I'm going to walk this back for a second. We did this yesterday. Yeah, we did this. Well, whenever we were doing them again, in case people watch, listen to this one and not the other one. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. I said last week, we're not going to do them twice. I might have said that off mic. So, yeah, professional here. We're covering 1981 again. We recovered it last week. If you want to hear what happened in 1981, just go back because honestly, you should be listening to all of these for context. But if you want to hear about the Prowler, you probably want to hear our feelings on the burning too. Yeah. You need to be a probably. part of that journey. Yeah. So go back, so, at least listening to the open 20 minutes and you'll get all of the all of the top 10 movies and also the horror films that came out that year. That's right. All you're getting is number 10. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> that's all you, that's like the teaser. That's the teaser. Last episode. What comes after the cannonball run? You don't know. Pfft, Nobody Go knows. back and listen to the burning. <laughs> Unless you were alive in 1981, and then you probably know. Yeah, that's true. Or have a vague idea. I don't know. All right, great. We get to skip all that. That's 20 minutes of your lives saved. Well done, listeners. Um, And our lives as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exciting. We are We are. Prowler 1981, directed by Joseph Zito. This man had previously directed a film called Blood Rage, but not that Blood Rage slash of fans. Uh, He would go on to do Red Scorpion. Uh, but not uh, that Red Scorpion (laughs) no I was that Red Scorpion Uh, he finished directing in 2003 Uh, he's not dead though Uh, written by Glenn Leopold and Neil Barbera yep of the Barbera legacy Hannah Barbera Hannah Barbera so Glenn Leopold uh, other than this movie as far as I can see from an extensive writing career uh, has only written Basically for cartoons, children's cartoons, Godzilla cartoons, Scooby-Doo, Flintstones, Pink Panther, Lucky Luke, Snorks. You remember the Snorks? Yeah. <laughs> the Jetsons, Biker Mice from Mars, Johnny Quest, Doug. Johnny Quest. Yes, I love, I love Doug. The Jetsons were my jam. I love the Jetsons. Leroy Jetson. I love Doug. Love we're Doug. just going to sing two separate songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Neil Barbera. Who, yeah, Yogi's Gang, Scooby, like all of that stuff, part of the, uh, not just legacy, what's the word when you're part of a family? A family. Part family. of the Barbera family. Family. Uh, their heritage. Did do one other horror film called Too Scared to Scream, but then stopped in 1980. Uh, so 1988, stopped writing stuff. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of other people who are credited for doing additional dialogue. But very strange to have, yeah, a slasher movie. One person, this is the only thing they've done that isn't comedy, cartoon, children's programming. Yeah. And the other one's only done one other thing that isn't. Uh, it's, it's very weird. DP'd 
by who knows how to say this name wow fernandez wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah he also did Blood Rage, but not that Blood Rage slasher fans, but the one that Joseph Zito directed. Would go on to work with Joseph Zito on future films that we'll get to later. Also did Children of the Corn and that old weird TV series that I increasingly feel I should know more about, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, God. <laughs> that apparently every slasher person ever has been involved with in some way. He stopped DPing in 2006. And no, not that DPing. He's still doing that. Music. <laughs> Richard Einhorn. This is the person who did the music to Don't Go in the House, one of Shannon's favorites. Yes. Don't go in the woods. Don't go in the house. Don't go. Just don't go anywhere. You will die. Don't go to the dance. Don't go back to the just make a movie. Just go, don't. Just don't. Don't. Just stop. And it's just going to be, it'll it'll just follow me as I Netflix and chill my life away on the couch. It'll just be whenever you have to like press the button to say continue watching. Yes. That's the only action that happens. (laughs) That'll be the sequel. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Continue, don't. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, how yeah, did we... Hang on. Wait a second. Let me just check something. I think that, that I'm Googling it right now. This is me Ooh. buying time. While Googling in real time. Yeah. I was about Dude. to say, we just recreated a joke that's already been made. It's actually... That's the fake trailer. Well, the actual trailer to the fake film that Edgar Wright did between Grindhouse films just called Don't. And it's all oh, literally really? like, don't go in here. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Yep. As an Edgar Wright fan, Shannon, you would enjoy it. Yeah. I'm now like, I need to see this. <laughs> On YouTube, everywhere. The musician also did Tales from the Dark Side and did Blood Rage. Yes, that Blood Rage slash a fan. What? Uh, so very strangely, the DP and director did a different Blood Rage, but the musician did the Blood Rage with the twin brothers that a lot of slasher people know. He stopped doing music though in 2011 because that's when John Cusack was about to save the world by running away from a blowing up Yellowstone. Starring Vicky Dawson as Pam McDonald. She's only been in like a very small handful of things, like literally a handful of things, mm-hmm. but it's still technically working. Christopher Goutman as Mark mm. London or Christopher Goutman as Cillian Murphy. He stopped acting in 1986 and turned into a director. He directed such things as All My Children, Days of Our Lives, and Ooh. The Young and the Restless. I wonder Ooh. if he worked with any of the people from uh, The Burning. Probably did. Again, I, these are all words that I've never really had to say out loud and every week I have to say them over and over again, these fucking soap operas. Right. Uh, also starring Lawrence Tierney. As Major Chatham, he died in 2002. He's a classic Hollywood actor from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. I can't even be bothered to go through his resume because it's so much stuff. And but also, the big one, Reservoir was, Dogs. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have the biggest role in Reservoir Dogs. No, he but. didn't. He's like, Doesn't whenever matter. I looked at that, I was like, wait, what? Oh my God, you're <laughs> that guy? And then he, there's just a series of movies in his later life where he's really just like, the old man in a hat that looks disgruntled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is 100% what he looks like here. Yeah, 100%. And also, similarly, huge Hollywood actor Farley Granger as Sheriff George Frazier. He died in 2011. He was in tons of stuff, including Hitchcock yeah. films like Strangers on a Train yes. and Rope. He's a classic actor. So yep. those two were two good gets for them. Now... All right, there aren't loads of information actually on this film. Uh, there's more to do with the part of what happened after the film came out rather than before. It was, it was, you know, the slasher boom. People wanted to make mm-hmm. slasher movies, so these people wanted to do it. Why Glenn Leopold and Neil Barbera? I don't know. I tried to look up to find like what, how these this happened, and they decided to go from Scooby Doo to this. 
Although, to be yeah. fair, we'll talk about it, but there's a lot of Scooby-Doo going on here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a very normal transition from Scooby-Doo. And there now is... that you say that, a lot of this film makes so much more sense. Yeah, 100%. Especially there's one, my favorite scene in this film. Oh, Don't spoil it, wait. Shannon. Just I'm not going to spoil it. It's so good. It's so good. I'm excited. <laughs> the movie was originally called Graduation. Um, and that oh. changed. I can only presume because a few months prior, a film called Graduation Day came out, which is a slash film that's not very good. Uh, it started off with a budget of around about $500,000. It seems it ended up scaling to $1 million. So says the director, at least. Uh, box office, we'll talk about it later. There's not really accurate documents on it, but it didn't do well. It made under the million dollar budget at the box mm. office when it was released. The, the way they got Farley Granger was one of the producer's wives was in an acting class with him. And she was like, hey, I'm, I'm in an acting class with Farley Ranger. And they're like, okay, cool. Ask him if he'll come be in a movie. Uh, he was. I don't know what he was doing in an acting class. Maybe he was teaching. I don't know. Or maybe he was just brushing up. Yeah, Who knows? brush up on them scales. You know, it's not like the 80s. Hitchcock. He was like super in demand in the 80s anymore. Maybe he was trying to break out of his typical roles. That's mm. true. Mm. To be the prowler. Yeah. It was filmed in Cape May, New Jersey. They were going to film in California, but he ended up filming off-season in New Jersey because it felt more like a ghost town. Um, and apparently it was very deserted and quite spooky. Shot mm-hmm. over six weeks, as many of these films are, which means around about 30 days. Beginning October 1980, working six days a week, as is the norm. Yeah, like when it got to the beginning, again, they didn't have much money, particularly going into this production. Um, and as we're about to discuss, we open with this whole like uh, vintage 1940s scenario with the dance going on they didn't have the money for all of this stuff at all they lucked out by finding a warehouse with clothes from 1953 and decided that's close enough uh, <laughs> so yeah 10 years out technically but they were like this is fine um and then they found a collector who just loaned them all the cards for the opening so they didn't actually have to you know get wow get oh wow damn they just found all these dresses in a box that is lucky that is i lucky. love in a all warehouse, these freaking warehouse yeah they brought in, though, probably other than Granger, probably the biggest name involved with this film was Tom Servini. Good old yeah. horror effects makeup artist we just talked about last week on The Burning. Obviously, Friday 13th. I mean, I don't want to get into it. He is the legend in horror makeup. He had just finished working on Maniac, and he came on board this film literally just a few days prior to starting shooting. He had like no time to prep for this. Um, they had zero stunt people. Not a single stunt person worked on this film. Oh, Everyone God. was just... Basically, Tom Zavini and the actors. That also explains a lot about this movie. <laughs> and but but he still looks back on it. Tom Savini still looks back on this film as maybe his favorite one that he worked on. Some of his most proudest achievements because they ended up once they got him on board. I don't know how the schedule for the AD was before, but once they got him on board, they ended up dedicating whole days to just shooting the kills. They revolved oh, the whole wow. shooting of the movie around the kills because uh, like, Makes hey, we got Tom Savini on board. Let's let him do what he's gonna do. Um, right. And yeah, I think he just enjoyed having that time to really set things up properly. Um, and we'll get into some of the fun of that later on, because there's definitely some cool little stories with that. But to begin with, we open with, for me, and to be clear again, I've seen this film a whole bunch of times. Uh, Katie, have you, uh, I don't know, have you seen this? No. No, no prowling for you? No. Sh- Shannon's- I have not. Been a prowler, but never watched it. Quel surprise, yeah. Shannon. Mm-hmm. I have never seen this film. 
before. Well, this is, I mean, as we said last week, The Burning, The Prowler. They're the two films from 1981. It's very, it was impossible. And when we did a vote online with Twitter of like, which one should we cover for 1981? It was split right down the middle because people love both of them. So it's very, very hard to decide which to do. So if you do one, you got to do the other. And yeah, as we'll discuss in weird ways, because this movie opens in a way that honestly, I remember the first time I had this film, I got it on DVD. I didn't get this in my original sort of slasher loves because it was hard to get hold of, as we'll get to later. And I put it in. It opens up genuine footage from World War II. Queen Mary bringing back 15,000 troops to the USA. This is real news footage. And they actually brought in the guy who did the original VO for these things. He was like 80 80 plus years old. He came in and redid VO for this. Wow. Oh, wow. All I kept thinking was that boat is so full of people. Definitely over capacity. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely insane. Can you imagine if you'd like survived the war and then you don't survive the boat back because it's just too many well, fucking yeah, people? Yeah, because it's so overcrowded. But a lot of people didn't. And that is why there's the legendary stories of the Queen Mary, which is Dr. Right. Long Beach and how it's actually haunted. And there are still like sounds and rumors and stories that happen from there. Yeah. Mm. That'd just, oh, that'd be so sad. Yep. But yeah, what I remember watching this and I have my, 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 sorry, my DVD and started playing it. I had to literally eject my DVD and look at it, go, did they burn? Because sometimes they would just like burn the wrong film onto DVDs very occasionally at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, this is not a fucking, this is not The Prowler. There's no way. And then it goes from that to March the 12th, 1944. Even the shot we're getting as it's panning down this letter being written by someone called Rosemary, basically saying, hey, I tried to wait for you, but... I got to get my sex on. I'm like super hot and I'm not going to be young forever. So (laughs) bye. Yeah, basically. I mean, the way they shoot even this this pan down the letter, it feels very, very vintage. Like it doesn't feel like a 1980s movie. Um, it honestly, it feels like that fucking skit from SNL, whatever right? <laughs> they're doing the wartime letters to one another. And th- like, it feels just like that. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> yep. It weirds me out every time. It really does. No other slasher film starts like that. It's very unique. Um, yep. I'll be chiming in a little bit with Tom's feelings as we go through as well, since he watched it with me. Um, and he was weirded out too, but kind of liked it. <laughs> he was like, oh, it's different. Yeah. He didn't. He may or may not have made that ooh noise. <laughs> I won't confirm. Nope, he did it. It's been it's been said. That's exactly <laughs> we have quoted Tom. I hope he doesn't listen to Tom. Woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Avalon Bay, June twenty eighth, nineteen forty five. Night of the graduation dance. Dun dun dun. Which initially I was like, oh, well, here's where they blew a lot of their money. Until I found out later on that they didn't really blow any money on here. They just, yeah, found stuff that they could use right. and got collectors to loan them shit. Wow. Um, and I didn't know what to write down here because there's a lot of people like milling around, saying stuff. So I was talking about Linda breaking up with Georgie, which in my head then must have corresponded with the letter. So I thought that's who these people right. were. But no. Yes. I I will say I was very confused for a lot of this movie, just like who anyone was supposed to be or why we're doing this <laughs> yep. uh, like especially this dance scene it kind of similar to the burning where you know this is the setup but i you aren't telling me who anyone is or why i should care about them in any way shape or form or giving me like real character tidbits so then it was just confusing to me yeah no yeah. completely uh, and you know, this is the setup but it's also not because the setup is basically yeah. the letter the letter is the setup right right um and this is essentially, yeah, 
We're with a bunch of kids. <laughs> Two of them are looking out. I can't, I can't remember. I think they're meant to be looking out at a boat or something, but it's like, well, you look at that, but then we don't get to see what they're looking at because we don't have the budget to show. Right. <laughs> yeah. At. Well, they're on um, a water, like, uh, what do you call it? God, uh, they're gazebo. in Dawson's Creek, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you just assume it's like the moon or a boat yeah. or something. Something unfilmable. Um, I do mm-hmm. like the vibe, though. It's completely different. You know, it's kind of fun to have this. Um, and Tom- I love the dancing couple at the, that's just like at the door, the oh, front yeah. door. They are just having the best time <laughs> at the sock hop. I am into them. It's like when anyone tries to get me to dance to a fast song. These are like the two moves I know. Yeah. So they were just doing the same moves over and over and over again. I was yeah. like, I could appreciate that. They were that. great. God bless those people. Yeah. What I did like here is this is where Tom turned to me and pointed out that the time difference from when this movie was made to when this opening is, 1945 to 1981, is the same as us now watching this movie. Oh, weird. Yeah. Which is like, just to let you know what that kind of meant to them then. It would be like us making Stranger Things now, basically. Yeah. So two kids, yeah, they're in a car talking about whose dad has more money or some shit. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we don't need. This guy's a douchebag. Yeah, I well, and I also I was like, I didn't get the conversation. Like, who are they talking about? That he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. My dad has more money than him. Blah blah. I was <laughs> yeah. like, what? Do, what? Yeah, because she doesn't want to leave, and he's like, oh, are you afraid of somebody telling someone oh, or it. telling your dad? And she's like, yeah, a little. He's like, doesn't matter. My dad. Essentially, it's like my dad will beat up your dad, but my dad has more money, so you shouldn't worry. I thought he was well, talking about the other guy because there was some other guy's car that he was jealous of as well. I was really confused. Oh, yeah. It was they were very talk about. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they drive out to a gazebo by the water, take a stroll by some geese because clearly they haven't played Untitled Goose Game. They're not afraid enough. Right. Um, and then he does. Goose gonna steal everything. And this is this is when I was watching on DVD and I take it out, put it back in. I was like, oh, okay, this is a slasher movie because he's like, do you want to go skinny dipping? <laughs> right right okay and then he just laughs he's like i'm joking he (laughs) says i don't want to swim you're all i want yeah perfect line and then we immediately see army boots and a pitchfork just fucking approaching and you're like oh shit okay (laughs) because i was initially i was like okay let her in someone's been jilted i presume they're going to come back from the war i presume there's going to be a dance and we're going to have the guy uh who it's written to come back and see her with someone else at this dance or whatever and be you know all upset and then like a big thing would break out and then someone would die you know i presume right. we we're just gonna get a simple typical slasher opening like that no this killer is already killing people essentially um but they're not giving us really the names they're gonna try and play with this whole thing to do with rosemary's middle name to try and confuse us i yeah that bit's not confusing but everything else is quite confusing in this yeah movie. yeah agreed yeah, at this point, we don't know what's going on. But he is killing. And me and Tom had spent a good 10 minutes after this movie talking about it to make sure all the pieces fit in any way. He, uh, but this is as simple as it, it sounds, right? He's come back and he's killing... This is Rosemary with her new bow, basically. Right, right. And he pitchforks both of them? Yeah, fucking pitchforks through them both. Classic slasher oh, here yep. to get like a double impaling. Normally during full on sex, though, is normally when you get a good old pitch, a good old right. something. Right. Well, and it's also just so strange because 
listen, the action of this, right? Because like a pitchfork certainly can fuck you up, right? But it's is not really the best impaling weapon, right? Like in order to make it go through both of them, she legit, and there's like, it looks like it too in the shot. She's legit just like under him. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I couldn't possibly get away. I couldn't possibly get out from underneath this thing. Like This is where you need to date large ridiculous. people so that they can't get these blunt instruments fully through them and into you. Right, right. Well, well but- and then it wouldn't have really done enough damage, I don't think, to her to kill her in this because it would have the majority of it's gonna yeah. go through him. She's just gonna kinda get poked with yeah. it. But I She's, don't really see where it is. But if they're poking food at chest, then it's gonna fuck you up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, l- listen, dude you, is though. dead. Girl is just like a damsel in distress and can't right. function. It was 1945. <laughs> they weren't out saving the world or anything. They were just lying on their backs and, you know, um, waiting for the men fair, to come home. To be fair, they were out saving the world. I'm Rosie joking. the fucking Riveter. I'm Rosie the seriously. fucking Riveter. I'm British. Who Everything I say is sarcastic. That second world war? That's it. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> Um, I do like when they're like making out and he's trying to put the sexual pressure on her. Not luckily, there's no sex pests like last week. These are just normal level slasher film sex pests. Where where he's like, "What about New Year's Eve?" And she's like, "Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself." I know. I loved that line. Yeah, this is basically the opposite in terms of consent of the burning. Uh huh. And in my brain, I was like, "You go, girl. You give it up when you want to on your terms." Like I was drunk. What do you want? But now I can help myself. Yeah. Like, now you have me in a gazebo. It is not as romantic. There's that goose looking at me. I'm not doing it right? with a goose. This is a wooden like bench I am on. No. <laughs> we we get some immediately like I could tell here the director and the editor have ideas whether they're always following through or not. That's for debate. Mm-hmm. But we're cutting from this from them getting pitchforked back to the party with the I guess the 1945 DJ there screaming out, hey, are you alive out there? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, and then we come back to the Prowler. We're learning here he has a tell. He places a rose right. in her hand as he walks away. And then the Prowler title card comes up and I turned to Tom and said, ooh, classy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it felt classy. It was like, it, did. it wasn't the most gruesome death. It was been shot. You know, fine. A weird opening. And yeah, the way they did the rose and then the title card was kind of nice. Yeah. At this point in this movie, I'm like, okay, I like, I like historical films. I like, I like this uh, 1940s beginning. I'm into this. (laughs) I, I can, I can handle this. And just to be clear. Uh, we felt, me and Katie had a conversation on the phone and felt it necessary to warn you <laughs> before going into this movie that it wasn't going to stay like this. It was going to yeah. flip erratically back and forth between very tame to, oh, Savini's on set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and we'll get to it as we get to it, but there were some things that happened that made this movie more bearable for me than I think wouldn't have been otherwise. <laughs> Okay, interesting. So we're jumping forward about 35 years to 1980, still at Avalon Bay, June the 28th. So we were introduced to a cop, which we're going to learn is actually one of our main two leads. He looks just like Cillian Murphy, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. call him that for the rest of the movie. Except he has very thinning hair in the front. It's just all well, like looks, frizzy. Yeah. 
Tom thought he had like just Lego hair that's just like been clumped onto him basically. It still looks yeah. very so you can tell it's like thinning from the front and he's just like yeah. making up for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to expand these yep. these little hairs as best I can. Yep. <laughs> and the difference between last week where we spent half the movie going, wait, who's our final anything in this right. film? And then when we found out, we're like, ah oh, shit. This week we have the opposite problem in that he's there. I'm not sure about him to begin with. He's chatting just uh, to some ladies who are hanging up signs for this graduation dance. Right. And then immediately this girl turns up and within two seconds of talking, I'm like, okay, final girls turned up. <laughs> like, yes, 100%. It's just so announced with how virtuous she is. She almost has like she- an, uh, a halo around her as she's walking yeah. around. Yep, 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 yep. You know, did you read her article, guys? Did you read her article? <laughs> Yeah, so she's the only one who's done any back history on the, this place, like in terms of what happened before. Uh, they don't really talk much about it or why, but they've basically stopped doing this graduation dance for 35 years, and this is the first time they're doing it again. It's a bit right. of a kind of presumably my bloody Valentine because, setup. Yeah, and presumably because of the, the murders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there were only two yeah. people died, so it wasn't like a massacre right. or anything. It was like, you know. Exactly. Like, that's why I was, con- I literally, I think it was this point where Katie had to, like, explain to me, oh, well, there was a rose, there was rosemary in the letter, and then he puts a rose, I was like, oh, okay, because it just was not, none of the setup was very clear to me. Right. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, it's both very spelled out, but it makes it feel like it's more complicated, and then there's, a, we'll get through it, but there's a lot of weird stuff happens that makes you think yeah. it's more complicated to confuse you and yeah. yes a very scooby-doo way <laughs> but yeah. like at yeah. the bottom of 100%. the letter rosemary she even signs her name rosemary and at the end of the y draws a literal rose <laughs> right yeah i know like, but okay. then it's like why didn't they just make that her first name it just oh, I, it was i don't like well, this like having to bury things try and make it more mysterious it's like no you're just because they're trying to make confusion. it into a twist but the problem is is they've shown you in the first scene it's like well obviously yeah. that has to be rosemary he's killed yeah right but uh, anyway, so yeah, he's got a thing going to cop has with uh, with old final girl, and then apparently there was a killing nearby in Columbus, so they're all like worried, yeah. like maybe something's gonna start up. Uh, but it all feels very polite. It's always my note with this movie. Whenever I come back to it, I'm always shocked at how just sort of it's not. This is one of those slasher movies which has the aim to shoot in the similar style to John Carpenter's Halloween. It wants to be mm-hmm. elegant and feel like a more you know a dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel that that Zito has that level of skill here, but it's at least you know admirable that he's, that he's trying to make a more fleshed out you know regular movie around the killings. Mm-hmm. But it's, it feels very polite. Like I remember the, again the first time I watched it, I saw that opening and then came to this. I was like, I turned it off. I was like, this is going to be so dull. Nothing fun's happening in this <laughs> fucking movie. There'll be no blood, no nudity. What's the point? And it took me a while to come back to it and give it a proper go. The sheriff, he's heading off fishing, so he's leaving our new our cop boy in charge of the town. We're going to learn that's a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also just immediately useless. feels like a weird decision when our final girl has said straight out that it's because of the sheriff that they haven't been having a graduation party. And then it right. reminded me a lot of like in My Bloody Valentine where they're told, yeah, you guys can't have a Valentine's Day party because terrible things keep happening and they're like oh yeah okay we're not gonna do it and then they have one in secret and that felt more realistic than this where they're like we're obviously having a party and the sheriff is against it and so the sheriff instead of staying and making sure we're safe is gonna go fishing 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this my literal note that I wrote down at this point. Ah, the chief is going to be out of town for a fishing trip. Dot. 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 So he's the prowler, right? <laughs> You got a big actor playing him. Yep, he's like yeah. going out of town. And yes, yeah, so if you have the extra information at the beginning of this is by Scooby Doo writers, and you know exactly yeah. what's going on. Right, yeah. exactly. Because it's always um, the guy with like his face covered in Scooby Doo that yeah, you know, is like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize he was you. Yeah, and it's always the nice person. It's never it's yeah. the person who's meant to protect you. Yeah. Yes. But they're going to try and throw some red herrings at us. We're going to introduce the two local old boys at the market store. One's a grumbly guy. Um, who I think they're trying to make us think is the killer. I don't yeah. know. Nobody thinks that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because they t- turn up later and are weird about everything. <laughs> yes. So I think it's supposed to be that we think that they're behind, like it's a group effort or something for whatever reason. These two guys. I yeah. Don't know. No, they just feel more like the doomsayers. They're the ones who should be mm-hmm. warning people. And then, yeah, we're going to cut to uh, these three girls, the final girl and her two friends who are hanging out and getting ready in their dressing gown. Uh, and this is where Katie, I don't know if you'll agree with me here. I mentioned it briefly last week, but this final girl should have been played by Amy Steele. <laughs> like yep. one of my biggest problems with this movie is I get nothing. I mean, I'm glad it's not Alfred from last week. So that's not, right. mm-hmm. but I get nothing from this girl that's remotely has any sort of character or fun or energy or anything. And there's a girl called Amy Steele who you saw in April Fool's Day, Shannon. She was the lead in mm-hmm. that, and she's the lead in... Oh, okay. F- and actually, no, you saw her as well, because she's the lead in Friday the 13th Part 2 as well. Yeah. And yeah. she was becoming not, you know, as big as Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously, but a little bit of a scream queen in this era. She she looks like this girl, and she only yeah. and you still has so much charisma dripping from her. And I was like, just... Oh, it frustrates me every time I watch this movie. Yeah. Well, it drives me... I, there are lots of things about this girl that I did really like, and about how they treat her character and things like that. But, like, she never even, like screams throughout the course of the film she's always just like oh oh," like so scared or in so much shock that there's no sound emitted from her (laughs) it's just a lots of shots of her looking off at things being like what is that what's there huh oh oh and we're just supposed to interpret from her shitty fucking acting that there's something scary afoot in front of her, right? But she makes no verbal responses whatsoever. So it just feels lazy. Girl yeah, does have some hustle though that we're about to she see. She does. That is what I appreciate. She, knows how to she run is and heels. actually hauling ass yep. whenever she is trying to get away from the prowler. She's- that is uh, there's a, and there's a quite a few things in this film where I feel like they treat it kind of realistically like that where she is hauling ass yeah. in a legit way that i believe <laughs> no again that's anyway. what i mean it's like you 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 see this director and you read the interviews with him like joseph zito want he wants to make a you know again i hate saying proper film but he wants to make a film that's closer to drama that has more grounded roots in it that can mm-hmm. be taken seriously not just a fun sort of throwaway midnight movie that's his intention here for sure maybe yeah. um, he ends up making a soap opera this girl's hair is a lot more feather capable than oh, amy yeah. steals her hair is pretty She's straight. got great hair. The hair That's is true. so good. There's just that magical thing you need in, in a really great final goal where you just look at them. And again, like Jamie Lee Curtis, like they can look, you know, vulnerable, but you can see a fire in their eyes and just from the yeah. way they, you know, w- work in a scene, there's an energy like inside them. And there's just yeah. nothing. Like she just seems sleepy yeah. for the whole movie to me. Listen, <laughs> yeah. she's a writer. Her power is on the page. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She wrote an article. Did you read it? <laughs> Did you finish reading it? Oh, my God. 
So we get like a superhero moment as we see the killer lacing up his boots. <laughs> right? Which is kind of strange. And then, yeah, we're noticing. So across the way from this, 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 I mean, this is meant to be like, they say it's like campus. So this is where, you know, the students are living. Yep. Uh, but we're not really going to meet any of the other students. It's all going to focus around yeah. this very small amount of people. Over the road from these three girls, there's an old man who's watching them. So the girl flashes him. But we see nothing. And this me and Tom, again, we'd have bets on how many deaths and how many boobs we'd see. In it. And again, if there'd be any male nudity, but we're kind of relying on, sadly, no more male nudity. Yeah, right. Um, and as soon as this happened, Tom turned to me and was like, I think we were both wrong. There will be no boobs in this movie because that was the perfect moment. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we cut between the final girl looking in the mirror as the killer is looking at himself in the mirror. Yeah. And this is, again, this is where I know, like, it doesn't work. It's stupid. And that only means something if there's something joining these two characters. Yes. Their yeah. 100%. They're not connected in any way, shape, or form, which no. is going to be a recurring theme about everything in this movie. Nothing is connected to any sort of actual motive. No. Well, and which could have easily been fixed by just, yeah. you know, making the grandmother or the Rosemary, you know, the daughter of her great-grandfather or something like that. Yeah. Or just have, like, well, in the letter, it's Rosemary having to, like, tell him, I'm really sorry, you know, I've slept right. with someone else and I'm pregnant now, so I'm going to have to go marry this guy. You know, that's why we're breaking right. up while you're at war. And then, okay, she's, like, she might still get murdered, but she could have just given birth to this baby who's now, right. like, this kid in 35 years. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different or ways even you can spin it. They look alike, right? Maybe mm -hmm. she brings back memories of his Rosemary or whatever, and there could be something like that. Because that's yeah. what I kept thinking. Like, is she meant to look like her? And maybe that? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. Or living in the same house or just right. anything. Just something. But just I, something. But again, even though it doesn't work, it does tell me this director's thinking. And I appreciate mm -hmm. any slasher director who's thinking and trying to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here we have the opposite of of basically of the burning we zoom in very slowly to a girl in the shower as our final girl leaves um who is very dressed up she's wearing all the clothes like, yeah i'm into it of and then we watch the shadow of someone walking upstairs to the girl in the shower but it's not going to be the prowler it's going to be her boyfriend yeah then we get a <laughs> Again, not to play this out in a weird way, but Tom literally and I were like, okay, this is the moment because like if they're not going to show flashing boobs and so girls in the shower and they haven't shown any boobs, that means this is going to be, as it seems, a polite film. We've set the tone, right. not going to be much blood, not going to be any nudity. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we get like a very tiny bit and I really appreciate it because it's like natural like mm -hmm. boob shots in this. It's yeah. not like, oh, pan down and here they are. It's yeah. just you happen to see a bit. So I wrote down no boobs and then about two sentences later wrote down, oh, boobs, but shy boobs. So that's yeah. what we call them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the guy turns up and he's immediately like, oh, I'll, get, I'll take my clothes off too and join you. Mm -hmm. But no penis. So. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. What can you that do? That guy is like doctor headed kind of guy. He's not showing penis. He's young, yeah, the, no. he's young and the restless headed. Yeah. Is what he is. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> like, like everybody else. Yeah. It's like more right. cleft than jaw in there. <laughs> yes that butt chin do we even do we see his butt no no just his butt chin he's got the little like mm -hmm. he's got that dimple in his chin i do like they have a poster of a snow leopard on the wall which is yeah. as 80s as you can <laughs> possibly get yeah. <laughs> oh that's great i fucking love snow leopards when i was growing up i, had, I think i had that exact poster um now the prowler 
just goes and fucking gets him with a knife straight Ugh. through the head from the top out the chin Ugh. holds it in Ugh. him for ages Ugh. Tom starts going, oh, Jesus, all right, because they actually like really hold it. And then his eyes go white. Zombie <laughs> eyes. And me and Tom started clapping and we're like, fuck, yes, this is amazing. Fully brained the bitch. Yep. Uh. So this is something that I, I think we're going to discuss it. And I'm intrigued because I think, Shannon, you have some problems maybe with some of the stuff that made it easier for you but the thing that mm-hmm. me and tom had is we weren't because we weren't expecting it like it's such a polite opening and then suddenly you have this brutal fucking murder these Ugh. are simple these are pretty simple effects particularly by this day and age mm-hmm. but they're just done with quite a lot of like force you know mm-hmm. just and then the key thing is for with each of these as we'll go through I don't know if I've ever seen a slasher like this before. They hold on them afterwards for an uncomfortable amount of time. Yes. That makes it start to genuinely feel quite haunting. Um, yes. And even for people like me and Tom, we've seen tons of this stuff and normally we just laugh at it. We went from laughing to applauding to then just like, oh, this is actually quite sinister. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, I think that's why this movie's become as, you know, as big as it has in a, in, with the cult audience. Because, yeah, when you get the kills, they do actually leave a bit of a bad taste in your mouth, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. which is refreshing, really. Yep. Well, you can tell Disagree. that these were, they, there were days spent on these effects and they were, you know, they just wanted to wring the most out of them that they could. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is where I maybe I will point out that whenever we put in the DVD... Right or the blue, whatever the fuck it was. It's a Blu-ray. Uh, Don't get me in trouble, it's a, Shannon. It's a I Blu-ray. We put in the Blu-ray. How <laughs> kill me? Uh, whenever we put in the disc, <laughs> um, it goes to that menu screen. Right, the menu screen literally showed every single oh, no. kill in this movie so all of a sudden so katie puts it in we're looking up and it starts with the braining and i just am like holy fuck shit fuck <laughs> mother fuck what is happening yep <laughs> that is a very accurate portrayal of what but i literally watched all the like kill moments in this thing which then helped me because then I knew whenever they were kind of happening in right. the movie. And so legit, I just turned to Katie and I was like, I'm not even going to attempt to watch this. I've seen what happens. It's not going to happen. I am just going. I just looked at Katie and watched her face. <laughs> Which yeah, was these absolutely like, oh, and then I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I was like, it's still, <laughs> well, it's still going. She's dead. Oh, no. And I- now she's now she's dead. No, I turn, no, I like turn back whenever I thought like, okay, this has got, oh, no, it's not done. It's not done. Okay, I'm going to run again. Uh, or do like my finger watching. Oh, no, it's not done. It's not done. Okay. And just close the eyes. <laughs> so that so is the context health, in which I watched the kills. Because we were discussing it beforehand. We're talking about getting you to watch the making of the kills even before you saw them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so for your mental health, I'm glad if you found a way for it to help normally that would break my heart because it means the only fun is already robbed for you from the movie, but you're not going to get any fun out of this. No. Yeah, no, listen, none of these are going to be, this is not fun. She wouldn't Um, have watched these scenes otherwise, so. I mean, that's a good, in all honesty, for people listening then, if you haven't seen the Prowler yet for whatever reason and you're listening to us first or you have, but you haven't seen it in a long time and you get in the Blu-ray, then yeah, be aware of that. Like, I fucking mm-hmm. hate it. Like, when they put all the kills mm-hmm. from a slash film on a menu, it's like, fuck off. Like, come on, guys. Like, don't it's do that. literally all of them. I think yeah. except terrible. for the double 
impaling at the beginning. It is that was the only one I don't remember seeing in the in the menu screen, but it is literally all of them. I like I said, for me, it was that was helpful in watching this movie because then I can see all the kills in a detached way from Mm -hmm. the fear and just the action of it. Right. And know that it's an effect and all the things. So for my mild sensibilities, (laughs) that (laughs) helped me get through this movie just knowing nope i've already seen it it's there i'm just gonna watch katie's face and try to gauge when this is done and we're not going to worry about it (laughs) yeah i woke up at london time and i was like why don't i have a voice message from shannon just screaming at me (laughs) 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 i was really confused yeah that's why that's why okay it's all making sense now yeah exactly yeah and he goes straight from that kill to another kill where he goes into the shower Gets the girl, pins her with his pitchfork. Oh. And again, it's just one of those things where normally like that'd be it, be a quick shot, but instead he does it, Ugh. pushes her against the wall. We get multiple angles, which means different rigs. And again, it's fairly simple. Right. You're just taking this like for this shot, it's this type of pitchfork. For this one, it's like, yeah, rigged with the blood coming through the pitchforks, like actual prongs. But mm-hmm. they really again, there's no, because there's no stun actors here, and they're just showing these actors and they've, you know, God bless them like committed to doing this properly and you can really see the pressure of that pitchfork pushed into her stomach because she's struggling against it and the blood's coming out it looks there's fucking loads of blood (laughs) it looks really sinister and they just hold on it for ages and again the nudity here doesn't it it makes it feel more unsettling (laughs) rather than just exploitive which is which is refreshing for a slasher movie Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's it, it this it like is kind of psycho-esque, right? And that, like, you're in it for a while. It feels realistic to what actually would happen, which is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which people forget because people watch Psycho now and it seems like, oh, they're cutting away on purpose. Like, no, no, no. That was really violent for the time and it very uh, yeah. prolonged. And, like, Hitchcock was gratuitous for the time. That was one of the reasons mm-hmm. he became so big. Well, these long kills, too, it kind of bypasses what I sometimes have a problem with in these films is that you're like, that wouldn't really kill that person, you know, sort of thing. Right. And or that person potentially could still be alive. Like it you you especially because these actors are, you know, at least this girl, you see it in her face. Like you kind of almost just see the surprise, the pain, and then just kind of like the life force straining out. You know, yeah. and it's it's really, yeah, really right. effective. You watch mm-hmm. the life leave nearly all yeah. of these people. And it's which really is, just yeah. like whew. And I it's almost like you see the kill in real time, which yeah, yeah it's as you're watching t- a typical horror film, it's just like slash and burn, and then this one is kinda like, No, you're gonna watch the whole thing happen. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's a lot more effective. Which would not have been there in the original cuts of this, but we'll get there. Yeah, so we're cutting over to the graduation ball. We're not going to get much of this. It's pretty much it. The police boy, he's come to hang out because apparently the sheriff's out of town. So what are you going to do? Go and party with all the girls at the graduation? Plus, you have Tom's- to appreciate the nice segue into cutting into the cake here. Yeah. Yes. In the it's first another scene. good editing decision. I thought it was yeah. pretty good. It's true. Like, There's a lot of little touches here where they are thinking. Yeah. Uh, Tom was just really like for the whole film is he was very frustrated with this policeman. <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck is he doing? Like, this is really yeah, yeah. inappropriate. He should be out working and protecting the town. There's a murderer. They know there's already a murder on the loose. It doesn't happen right? to be the same one we're seeing. I mean, he's just going to like hang out and drink and like be with the girls. Although the final like he gets dragged off by two other girls to go dancing, and final girl looks so pissed. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, she does. 
She is so pissed. It's like the most emotion she shows throughout the entire <laughs> film to some degree. Um, we do also need to shout out to this incredible fucking band. Oh, yeah. So good. Shannon was this all party band. This, band. Th- this is, I think, probably my favorite party band that we have encountered throughout all of That's the saying series. something. We've had some We've good had ones. I remember that one in House and Sorority Row. They were great. So yes, good. that was, that like was also a good one. They're a close second to this band. This band was... It's so good. And I'm, I couldn't even catch like a name or what it was, but I loved this fucking band. I can tell you right now, the original rock music for this was written by a band called Nowhere Fast. Yeah. Which is such a good name for a band. It is. Love it. Nowhere Fast. I am, I'm going to find that album. <laughs> good luck. Play it on your record player. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, then, then this guy comes over who pinches Final Girl's ass and then starts to pour alcohol into the punch as if he's peeing it. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah. okay, it's that character in every slasher movie. Yeah. Although the difference is here, and this really is like shining a light for, for me on just how far they push it in the burning to be as annoying as it is. Because the difference is here is, yeah, he's that character. And yet, by the end of it, Tom's like, he's my favorite character because he's just yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's so s- stupid <laughs> the whole yeah. time. But not in a like massively creepy just make it icky way no but just in a like he's the douchebag guy right he's the like funny class clown asshole whatever you want to call him but it doesn't feel like rapey like everything in the burning belt right (laughs) Right. it doesn't feel like truly malicious it just feels like we're gonna have a good time guys yep graduation yeah so then Copboy comes and says, says hi to Final Girl, but accidentally spills his drink all over her. So then she's even more pissed, which again, it's oh, very hard no. to be endeared towards her when we're getting nothing other yeah. than well, her she's, being grumpy. She's mad because of this one particular girl. This one particular yeah. girl every time is like trying to steal the sheriff deputy guy away from her. And so yeah. she's just more getting pissed that he's even entertaining this other girl. And the other girl mm. is the reason that he spills his drink on her. So right. I mean, yeah, I get, other yeah, girl she just should be this irate, but, well, the well, other no, girl's but you maybe should, but we, we need to be, well, how was this other girl? It's not one of her two friends, is it, that we saw earlier? Yeah, it's no, the one who flashed the guy in the wheelchair. Okay. She will later go swimming. Yeah. Oh, it's that one, is it? Okay, okay. I yeah. got a little confused there. Yeah, and then we get, like, uh, uh, one of my favorite scenes, actually, in the movie, which is this scene as she walks back to the dorm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no real music there at all. You can just hear the yeah. wind blowing. And this is a very Halloween shot where we're going to yeah. take the piece mm-hmm. and the time to sort of follow her. And she gen- genuinely looks quite unnerved because you're just following her at this distance. And it, I don't know. I like it. It's just a nice yeah. little moment. Yeah. This is also where as we go, as she goes back to the house to change and all this, and there's the clues about everything. I just wrote down world's worst final girl. She notices nothing. It doesn't care that her friend has been in the shower for like a fucking hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's normal. just normal. She's yeah. that dirty. Her friend yeah. has short hair. She doesn't need to be in that shower that long. But it's also right? one of my favorite things in the movie. Like, cause Tommy was saying, cause Tom's like, oh, this is ridiculous. She hasn't like, you know, they've got rid of the blood because obviously she would have seen the blood or there'd be this there. And I was like, well, maybe the prowler mopped it up. But then no, they show it. Like they show it and she's just missing yeah. it all the time. And it is right. yeah, frustrating, but it's also like, that's kind of cool because normally it would just be, oh, it's all just magically disappeared or whatever. She's a journalist though. She should be picking up right. on these things. Yeah. Terrible journalist. 
but it's something that I do love about this movie is we'll get to the end and we'll get there again when we get there, but the shower's still running for this whole movie. I know. This yep. first murder is just like hanging there over the movie and it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, she gets there, closes the bloody door on her friend in the shower and we can see the right. other side with the blood. She doesn't see it, but then the door just creaks back open again, which is really yes. fucking cool. And then we learn the killer's still in the shower. He's leaving the rose on the dead girl's face yeah. while she's there. But then, yeah, so she gets changed. And as she leaves, we, she sees the prowler's shadow. And then him. And this was really shocked. We're 30 minutes in and we have kicked off. She has had yeah. a face-to-face with the killer. And, it, and this scene feels like they're leading into a long burn. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. just throw that away and they just, like, meet. Yeah, that's what I was disappointed that they that she sees him so soon. I think part of what makes these movies and things like that more bearable for me is whenever you do have face-to-face like that early on and whenever you see whatever, because now we've already, she knows, right? She knows that there's something weird, there's something up. So now the movie has already turned to we have a problem we need to fix as opposed to when will they find out about the problem? When will they find out? I mean, she hasn't found out. She hasn't seen the bodies to know, but like this guy is enough, you know, clearly by the way that she hauls fucking ass out of this house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we get that like the stakes are raised. Well, and it's also kind of frustrating because then this kind of bleeds into what we were saying earlier and that there's no real reason as to why she's being chased, except for the fact that she just happened to be in the room, like at the tail end of him finishing this other murder. Yeah, but then it's like, well, why did he do the other murder? Exactly. Why does he go? And that's kind of, you know, my big thing with this movie in general is like, why why did he go and kill this woman in the shower and yeah, but her it might have bo- just like, been the couple's thing it might i mean because yeah. if you bleed it back to the original story it's just like he doesn't want happy couples to exist but then you think well the rule would be look he basically sort of he didn't even get really cheated on maybe he did like yeah. the guy but let's say he did like that's, that's where it's resentment from is people being jilted by women so he wants to kill women who are sleeping with people or something mm-hmm. then yeah go with the people yes. who are doing the sex that's a normal slasher setup or go with the people at the graduation dance who are cheating on each other or whatever like there should be some correlation and there's nothing right it's like if it's yeah. to, they haven't had this graduation dance for 35 years then all the killings should be about the graduation dances happening again and instead he started killing the people who aren't even there yet right like, it's very weird um, mm-hmm. but yeah so she runs out runs straight into the old guy who was watching them earlier across the road who's in a wheelchair who is yeah this old classic actor who's just sitting outside like fucking brand by How a tree get outside yeah. <laughs> no idea. No, uh, he just rolled himself down the fucking stairs. I didn't see any ramps outside of his <laughs> right. house like, it later. It is not handicap accessible. No. Well, that, that problem is going to get even bigger later. But anyway, I know. He grabs <laughs> yeah. her and won't let go. Yeah. Um, which she can handle herself in other ways, but not just, yeah, getting out of the clutches of a, of an old man. Yeah. Right. In a wheelchair. <laughs> but then she runs at a cop boy who has the biggest flashlight I've ever seen. So yeah. big. Which I don't know why you just see Matt carrying it where he keeps that. I don't know. He's just got it hanging around. Uh, yep. But yeah, so like my my real my feelings by this point are like I wrote down a note of this feels much more adult than most slasher movies, which I'm appreciative of on one level, but on another level, that doesn't mean that it's more enjoyable than most slasher right. movies. And that's the weird dichotomy that I'm kind of stuck in. Yep. 
but yeah, Cowboy goes into the house, but not until he had uh, he like gets to say hi and put her in the van first. Like, I don't know why bother. You just like go into the fucking house. He doesn't check any of the fucking rooms. No, nope. <laughs> he he's like he honestly is the worst cop. The absolute between the worst. two of these yeah, people, he's terrible. they are the worst ones I would ever want looking for clues for my yeah. murder. Yeah, I don't want well, either of these people trying to help. Well, he not only doesn't check the rooms, he actively will like come up to a door and and there'll be the music like, is he going to go I in? Is it. he going to? No, I'm going to choose to not go into this one yeah. room. It's almost like, oh, that one looks Clear. like there might be something scary in there and I don't want to go in there. Right. So I'm just going to. It's 100%. fine. It's fine in there. It's terrible. Yep. And why he drags around for the rest of the movie was driving Tom insane. It's just yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's just. And then they like so they decide you know let's go over to the the guy who grabbed you let's go over to his house let's drive across the road right it's like what you just walk over the road it's you can see it it's right there yeah he's in a wheelchair and he got over there like that <laughs> so I also made a mention to Shannon at this point that I was like I love how in these movies any car can be a cop car as long as you put the letters sheriff around on right. the side of it yeah it was like this yeah. soft top jeep is not a good police car if you think about it practically i was like especially when he puts her in it several times for protection i was like there's there's no protection like that right. literally doesn't have doors <laughs> like, right what is wrong especially whenever the weapon is a pitchfork yeah. and a giant fucking blade like, it has a canvas yeah. top to it this is ridiculous you was hanging out by a wood paneled wagon earlier, though, that I thought you would have oh, that's for sure had a note baby. On. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> she commented on it. <laughs> Sheriff station wagon. I'm all about that. <laughs> so, this is a problem. So, like, yeah, we learn here that guy in the wheelchair is called the Major. So, we're like, okay. Which, again, I think they're trying to make you think maybe he's got something to do with it. But right. pretty soon, if you're actually paying any attention at all, you can realize that not because they, they just, so they go to his house. This is the correlation. And this is the problem. When you think about anything in this movie, she's seen a guy dressed sure in some creepy clothing mm-hmm. we as an audience and this is a mistake a lot of horror movies make and even regular movies of thinking that the characters presuming that the characters actions are legitimate to the audience's knowledge rather than the character's knowledge like mm-hmm. she doesn't know anybody's dead none of her friends right. she just saw a man in her mm-hmm. house sure creepy right. and then a guy outside held on to her yeah so they decide to break into his house <laughs> Right. <laughs> and just go through and without a warrant, without any real reason to like even think and there's anything to do. Really, they should be checking he's okay because this is an old man in a wheelchair yeah. and there's potentially an intruder about. Right. Yeah. But no, they seem to be suspicious of him. The prowler is in there. He gets alerted with some sort of spider sense thing that goes off. It's like... Bling. I just yeah. love that they're presumably looking for the major at one point and they're like, I'll look upstairs. And I was like, well, right. the major's in a fucking wheelchair. And it's I don't insane. see any lift here. So there's no lift. There's no ch- gremlin's chair thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so stupid. That's literally what yeah. Tom yeah. said. He's like, probably wouldn't bother doing that because yeah. what the fuck is the point? Probably fine. Yeah. Maybe you should go back downstairs to the rooms you decided not to check. You right. might be in there. There's a there's a couple of there's an arty shot through a mirror though, which is like again, it doesn't really work, mm-hmm. but they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. And they but find a- legit. We don't see the major ever again right no well no. <laughs> i think there's like a brief sp- no maybe is it not no i'll, I'll have noted no. down if we do but no but he basically like and we certainly don't get any more context for this like all we get is like okay now we're introduced to this house which has some of the back history yeah which he should be key to it all because he's yeah, the right. father of rosemary 
Yes. Which we're going to learn straight away because she pulls out this picture and like takes a look at it um, of Francis Chatham. And it says like a, with a rose like that. There's a rose there. It's like it's. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Um, and also yeah. to make it worse. If they would have stopped and listened to him, he could have told them everything. Right. Yeah. No, completely. And to make it worse, it's just it's just really dull like this is what most of the movie is going to be it's going to be watching these two yeah. clowns walk mm-hmm. around places inefficiently yes and with no correlation to the events happening around them and there's just no attention to it it's just like okay just which is like around. kind of the opposite of what i was saying earlier with the kills in that because you see them in real time they're more effective and here a lot of these scenes because they're in real time are like why are we still here they right. don't why do we have to watch you physically open every door and look in every single room mm-hmm. and through every photo in this box to Whoa. understand the story i don't yeah 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 no, like, what i wrote it. down was like they are super suspicious for having not found a body or anything yeah, yet. yeah no it's crazy but even yeah. if we're gonna go with it they find this black book there's a dried rose in it it says francis rosemary you know it's like okay and we just saw the picture of francis chatham it's like, all right we get it like immediately mm-hmm. it's yeah. like okay that's you know there was a part of my head because the problem is it's like they're making it so mysterious it's like well this must be more complicated so then i was trying to like put all these pieces together in a different way and it's like no no, that's just that's just the major's daughter Mm -hmm. and yeah she's murdered and this dude's back murdering for really no reason yeah there you go it was ridiculous (laughs) i really thought it was gonna be some really weird big twist of how it all interlinked and it's actually the majors involved in some other way like like i don't think because he's just a dad it's like that doesn't mean anything i thought he would either be the prowler grown you know old or which the prowler would be quite old by the way or it would be you know the guy that had said one of them had survived could i for a while it's like well they got spiked with the pitchfork maybe that broke her boyfriend's spine and put him in a wheelchair so like Mm, i was really like trying to like make it more complicated than it was well and that's what not to like give away too much but that's the thing that is really missing in this movie is like i kept expecting okay there's going to be a big information dump at some point right like at some point we're gonna get you know the prowler reveals a secret the the old man in the wheelchair tells us the story one of the townspeople gives us more information and it just never happens or even this girl our final girl who's done all the research she never says anything else to us other than here she's going to now tell the deputy guy oh this is rosemary this is the that i feel like it's connected i feel like it's connected and he doesn't even appreciate that he's like yeah great you read something because he didn't read the article that's why i know good for you lady you're illiterate Right. And it's like maybe the major this whole time has been I mean, he should not be watching the girls through the window or whatever, but maybe that's his attachment is that his daughter would have been this age when she died, going to the graduation party. Like we don't get anything like that from him. We only right. get this yeah, voyeuristic. He literally doesn't pervert. speak. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. They just spend mm-hmm. so much time on the scene and not on developing character. Yeah. Yeah, and here's what she's saying. She wrote out, wrote an article that no one found out who did the killing 30 years ago. Right. Right. It's like, okay. It's like the whole trope so, of like show, don't tell. Well, we need more tell than show here. Yeah. Right. So here, the, the, but this is again the problem is like we've seen the intro. Like she thinks the major, the father killed Rose back in 1945. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. well, uh, I mean, we don't have concrete proof, but we saw a letter beforehand that really gives all the motive needed. Like it's, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, cop guy thinks that the guy that he was after, like the guy who's the proximity, you know, killer in Columbus, whatever, is actually the killer. So we're going to mm-hmm. go back briefly to the graduation party with the men's toilets. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty funny scene. Which I just wish we yeah. were hanging out back at a graduation party, basically, for the whole film, to be honest. Yeah, if this film was originally called Graduation, I would have been pissed watching this yeah. movie. The band is so good. <laughs> Show me more of the band. The lyrics here of what they're singing is, I want to see her bleed. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Uh, um, but, yeah, like, a, the guy's throwing up and his girlfriend, who, yeah, is the one who was hitting on the cop boy then... She tells him, yeah, I'm not going to watch you throw up. I'm going to go to the pool. You come get me. Yeah. I feel um, like I swam. Yeah. I'm going to go Which, cool uh, off. At least right. it's not like, you know, when we're watching Friday 13th and, you know, the stupidly attractive girl is suddenly like, you know what? I'm going to go in a pitch black out to the muddy dark lake and take right. a swim yeah. by myself. At least take this is just a pool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So find a girl and cop boy. Yeah, they head back. The teacher stops the band and makes this great announcement telling people yeah, that a foul has been seen. Dress. I fucking love yeah. this dress. <laughs> it's so good. So I love good. all the dresses in this I movie. I also love the fact that they make this announcement. Yeah. That there's like, there's something about, uh, there's a prowler outside. Let's warn people. Let's keep people safe, right? I I appreciate in all of these movies whenever people respond in a way that it's truthful to what would actually happen instead of the like, oh, well, let's not tell anyone because we don't want to start us. We don't want to scare people. Right. I just love yeah. that her happens. concern is like, I don't want to ruin your fun. Like, I'm right. a cool person. Don't be mad at me, but you're not allowed yeah. to leave. stay and have fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's not like we're turning all the music off and stuff. She's like, where does you guys got to stay inside? And of course, yeah. it's yeah. like telling children. The thing that you've been doing, like, keep doing that and don't do this other thing that you don't want to do anyway. They're now like, wanna now, we wanna, now we want to go outside. <laughs> right. Which also, every school dance I ever went to, you weren't allowed outside. Yeah. They, they wouldn't let you. They were afraid you'd be drinking and yeah. doing stuff. So Running off like, to have sex. It's like, no. Yeah. Stay inside. But the problem is this sets you up then to go, okay, cool. Now we've got a legitimate reason to keep everyone in this one place. Let's bring right. the killer in here and yeah. do a sort of prom night sort of setup. Yeah. Prom um, night, prom night, prom night. Because that would then bleed into his re- like reactions at being at the party, mm-hmm. you know, flashbacks, maybe yep. some sort of tether to this whole thing. So despite, you know, Cowboy and Final Girl going to this guy's house and that being kind of implausible and all that stuff, we're on track still. I'm still like, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to now govern this all back to the graduation party and that's like going to be the center of attention. I appreciate the budget they have. Maybe that was the original intention and they had to rewrite it. I don't know. But yeah, that's not what is going to happen. This is pretty much the end that we're going to see of the graduation party. Yeah, Paul stopped throwing up. He's trying to leave. The teachers won't let him get a great, like, f- just vehement reaction. We like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, meanwhile, his girl's out taking a swim, and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't take all the clothes off. She's in underwear. No, yeah, yeah. Shocker! Can girls take swims not naked? I didn't realize. It is possible. It wow. is possible. It's very physically demanding, but it's possible. We can yeah, also wow. have sleepovers without having pillow fights. Mm-hmm. I, I would That's like true. to see. Also, proof of this. very physically demanding. It's hard to stop yourself from doing that, but yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I was in boarding school and all boys boarding school for a bit, we all had pillow fights all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, although some fucker would always put like rocks in their pillow. Were you in sexy oh. lingerie every time that you did it? Yeah. Because that's how we do it. No, mm. we're just naked. Oh, nice. Mm. This is really an erotic podcast for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So, yeah, she's out swimming. Cop boy decides he's going to, you know, help Paul get out of the party. Right. Yeah, so- I love that it's like, you're so rowdy. You got to leave. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. put you in jail. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, you've you done one control, thing sir. that affects nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the girl in the swimming pool, she just keeps diving into the pool. I don't know if she's yeah. going to be, like, practicing dives, but it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, she really She's got it. Listen, she's great form. Yeah. No, she does. It's a good dive. It's a good, solid dive. And then we get a genuinely painful moment as she gets, she tries to get out of the pool to do another dive, and she just suddenly, the prowlers there, and he kicks her in the face, like, back Fucking in the pool. Fucking face kick. Which in any other film, it's like, yeah, that would be hilarious. Here, you're actually like, ooh, because it yeah. feels yeah. fucking violent. They did this 18 times. And when oh. you see how they did it, yeah, it is her. Again, no stump person. It's a big old rubber, you know, fake sort of rubber shoe. But rubber kick in the face still hurts. Yeah, still hurts. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's good old Tom Savini with this special prop. Uh, like He uses his arm as the foot. So he's kicking her by hitting her, essentially, uh, because the, wow. the foot is his arm. Um, and there's yeah. some great behind-the-scenes footage of that, which is pretty funny. Nice. Um, yeah. I appreciate uh, Slash was weirded out by the fact that her then response being back in the pool was like she's having a seizure all of a sudden while she's swimming. Yeah. She's just <laughs> jerking was- her head back and forth weirdly. Yeah. Well, this weirded me as well because, yeah, so when you watch the film, that's how it looks. And I was like, this is weird. Did he you know, give her brain damage? Like, that's yeah. really dark. But then when you actually, but then she seems fine. When you watch the making of stuff, you get to see like a full behind the scenes take on one of these takes. Mm-hmm. And that's all in the editing. Like when she fell in, her acting is she falls in, she could, she shakes it off and then she immediately tries to swim out. So they edited mm. it, like must have edited like a bunch of the takes to make it look like she was in distress. Well, so and that's weird. what, and that makes sense because that's what it felt like to me in the moment was that they were like recycling a moment in order to draw it out. But it just felt like, she again i was like does she have brain damage why is she all of a sudden having she because yeah. we you just set up for five fucking minutes before this that she's a great swimmer she dives really well that she's swims really well and now all of a sudden she's just a flailing fish in the water yeah can't do anything well and then yeah. we're gonna cut to him being in the pool and surprising her by being in the pool and i was like a pool is not somewhere that you can hide yeah. like you can't see him There's climbing into the pool. Like, you have 360 view here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. was, I think that's weird. why they did it. I think that's why they edited that stuff in. They probably yeah. looked at the cut and were like, this doesn't work because she had seen him. Let's have her flailing around for a bit first. So just put blood mm-hmm. in her eyes or something. Like, have it to where it cuts her. I know, her, but you think of this stuff blood. in post. That's the problem. Because yeah. you write something, you think you don't see the problem. And then when you shoot it, you're just concentrating on shooting. And then you get to post, and you're like, oh, this doesn't actually work. And then right. you have to try and find a way to fix it. And yeah, it's not the ideal way, it. but it's fine. And it's a cool scene. Like, it is stupid, yeah. but he pops out behind her, cuts her neck. Again, it's <sighs> so slow. And the music yeah. does this weird <sighs> sort of... <sighs> and it's yeah. actually like, oh. And it feels really weird. We then get to see her leg, like, twitch after she's <sighs> seemingly died. Really long lingering shots. And then he pushes her underwater. And that underwater shot as she's bleeding out goes on and on and, and on. And, on. and yeah. it's fucking great. It's yeah. so good. Mm-mm. Agreed. Disagree. Veronica could learn a thing or two from this film. 
practice. Uh, this this was one of the kills where like I'm looking at Katie's face while like the actual action is happening, and it just goes on for so long. I kept being like, okay, it's, it's just, especially because like I saw the I know it's a throat slit, right? Those are normally pretty quick um, in these movies, and so like I'd look back. Oh no, we're watching the blood ooze from the. <laughs> oh, there's the no, no, it's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. <laughs> Gotta watch that life leave. And again, like the fact that we got no stunt actors, like these actors did great with this. The fact that they're mm-hmm. just there, you see their face in all of these deaths, like while it's happening for long periods of time, makes it creepier. Yeah. There's 100%. no like editing trickery going on. Now, Tom's favorite character, the teacher who did the announcement, she I comes know. out Best looking dress. for the girl. She sees the blood. But um, not right away. Not right away. Yeah, I was like, you're not noticing this giant <laughs> pool of blood in the water? <laughs> very, Especially because she's sighted. there to look for Lisa, too. So I was like, I'm just going to not look into this pool. <laughs> Even though all. they told me that she was going for a swim. They, they told me she was swimming. I can see her clothes <laughs> on the chair right here. But I am going to avoid looking at the pool at all costs. <laughs> She couldn't possibly be in the pool. Yeah. There's no reason. There's no reason. Oh, my God. The blood. (laughs) That's like how the scene plays out in real time. (laughs) It's true. Meanwhile, back at the back at a graduation party, the dweeby boy is trying to convince his girl to go to the basement to fuck because that's, you know, (laughs) right. We can't wait the half an hour it takes to sort this situation out. So let's just go to the dirty fucking rat infested basement. Right. It's Justin Long with greasy hair is who this mm-hmm. is. And she has my favorite dress in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. She has my favorite look of this movie. Like, she yeah. has this really good look to her face. I like this yeah. girl. She has, like, good eyebrows, and she just has a good little nugget face. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's happening while the teacher's freaking out because the body's gone from the pool, but the blood is still there. And then the teacher, much to Tom's chagrin, she gets got. He was in the hedges. <laughs> Knife to the throat. This is my um, nightmare. And again, ooh, <laughs> this is your nightmare. Well, like, you know, so many people have those tall hedges and things like that to, for like their privacy and all that sort of stuff. Literally, if I am walking at night or whatever, like even if it's a reasonable time, but it's just dark and I come up against those hedges or what they scare the shit out of me. It is <laughs> my nightmare that someone will be in it and come and get to me like I can't remember what it was when we were doing the Conjuring series, and I left, oh, um, yeah. and I had parked like a like a half a block away from your place. Like you got to cross through like the nice little park area. There's the tall hedges. I heard a sound, and I just <laughs> had to start running. <laughs> because that is my nightmare if something is going to be behind the hedges or in the hedges they're going to pop out it's very hard to get in the hedges and then there are so many spiders in those hedges so I was like good luck if that's what you really want to go through to murder me that's what you're more likely to get killed from or if you watch the happening be frightened of the trees themselves nature Um, but yeah teacher gets got Tom's all sad Meanwhile, oh. cop boy with all the stuff. They still don't know anybody's dead. Instead, right. they're putting Paul in jail because that's the important thing to do. Oh, yep. my God. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot of things that are going well for this film, I think. 
these two as their leads that we're following <laughs> is the chief thing that is going very, very wrong for this film. Yeah. <laughs> And this is where, because Tom's lost his teacher favorite, he's now like, Paul's now my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's now just in jail. That's him done. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, someone's watching old Justin Long and his girl getting kissy kissy. <sighs> and then the shopkeeper turns up to the police station, all pissed about the graduated party, basically now doing the, the doomsayer role, but way yeah. too late. Way too yeah. late yeah. to be doing the doomsayer. Yeah. yeah, we know people are dying. Um, but he's yeah, like, there are but we're kids just gonna hang out here the... and not go right. help. Yeah, there are kids in the cemetery. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's kind of implying the kids are having sex in the cemetery. <laughs> I was like, what the? Where the fuck did that come from? Which generally, then, okay. So if anyone's seen Return of the Living Dead, there's like a, a, a lot of partying in the cemetery, a lot of fun going on there, and I, and I was like, oh, thank God. Maybe maybe something's actually fun is going to be happening at the cemetery. Yeah. Maybe there really are kids there doing drugs, drinking, and having sex. Um, but Cupboy and Final go head over to the cemetery. Nothing is going on at all other than a grave is dug up with <laughs> this terrible gravestone, this terrible fake gravestone, which literally just yeah. says Rosemary. It doesn't even have a second name or a first name. And it just says, like, died the day, like, the year and not yeah. the day. And Well, in her... Her name is scratched out yeah. on it, right? Yeah. There's I, just the symbol of the rose But you on can it. read still just Rosemary through it, but it is like scratched oh, out. You? But that's it. I, like, I, there's nothing else written. I don't, I don't, I don't know why we're here. Like, yeah. I don't <laughs> know what the, like, besides some old weirdo guy being like, there are kids in the cemetery. Well, we all know that there are no kids at the cemetery. And even if there were, it's like, you have a whole fucking town, dude. It's right. not just this one incident and then there are so many kids at this graduation party that you should be taking care of and instead you've got one drunk guy who was doing nothing really that wrong and right. he's taking a nap so just leave him there i don't i don't know why we're fucking here we're we here because halloween had a scene at a dug up grave i know because right. in halloween it meant something to him <laughs> with his heritage right. with his sister he had killed here it really means nothing, and she's then going to find her friend Lisa in the grave. And this is the first time when they know something bad has happened. Up until this point, they don't actually know, other than an intruder, that anything has happened. But why is well, he even opening this grave? Right. Why is why is this important? Why do we need to I see don't... inside the coffin? And why there's like five minutes of her in the car just like, huh? Is there something there? Is there something? Huh? 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 It's... So infuriating. And one of my pet peeves about all these movies is why when you leave a bitch in a car, do none of them go over to the driver's seat? He shouldn't have even taken her. He should put her somewhere safe. Leave her at the yes. fucking graduation if you care about her. They, well, there's he no reason for them to be. That's I know, true. but there's no reason for them to be on this journey together. Like He's a terrible yes. cop. Um, it's so bad. But if you think it's... <laughs> if you think it's weird now, it's about to get insanely so weird. So they then go to ring up. He's like, you know what? This We need the sheriff because I'm clearly terrible at this job. People are digging up coffins. Yeah. I need to call my boss. So he goes this to ring up. It's my his... favorite scene. <sighs> he rings it up the lodge. It is my favorite moment in all of the movies you've made me watch. <laughs> it is my favorite 
thing. <laughs> he rings up the lodge where the sheriff is meant to be staying. And for no reason, there's a big old lodge, stereotypical clerk at the lodge who's just eating and playing cards with himself, who immediately, like, from a policeman ringing him up and saying we found a dead body we need to like talk to the sheriff immediately we don't like light a splayed out but he's like we've got an emergency i need to talk to yeah. the sheriff immediately the clerk is being like who the fuck is this prick and just starts <laughs> taking so long pretending to go to get the sheriff yes. when he doesn't then like writing down notes in but on a piece of nothing and this whole scene goes on and on we literally have shots of him tapping his pencil waiting the yes! we have sh like tom literally his mind melted he's like what the fuck is happening and then it got like five minutes into it it's, it's like this is a scene from family guy like yeah, this is a hundred percent they do it in real time they keep it long and drawn out and i think we're supposed to believe that this clerk is offended by the way that the cop is like insisting or whatever and so he's like fuck you dude there's no there's no problems everything what i love it so shannon was just much. like i hope this is the rest of the movie please let this be the rest of the movie i just want I, this guy the rest of the movie and i was like please i hope it's not i can't believe really this is happening. Been. it's insane like, just have the clerk being this much of an asshole for no reason is insane enough. To have I it know, play yeah. out like it does, yeah, like you said, in real time, as a sort of a weird surrealist joke. Yeah. It's like, what is happening to this movie? It does. I it's know. like the family guy joke of, like, a Peter, you know, has hurt his leg, oh, and it just goes on for too long, too long, too long, too long. I fucking love it. And I guarantee I when they do like showings of this, like if there's a show in, in LA of this, like when all the horror fans go to it and stuff, like I really want to fucking go. Because I guarantee this is the scene everyone is just like cheering throughout. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred. Like this clerk, star of the movie for me. Like a hundred percent star of the movie. I'm like, what else have you done? Where can I see you again? You're my everything. This yep. is it. <laughs> What makes it even weirder though is like for the, cause for the rest of this movie, other than a couple of editing choices for sort of wry humor, you know, like little ironic humor, this director is showing he's trying to make a serious movie, like arguably right. to a fault. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know what this is. So weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's pro it probably in the moment was not meant to play like a comedy. I feel like it's meant to make the audience feel frustrated. Oh, I right, feel frustrated. <laughs> right. But I think it's meant to, you're supposed to identify with the cop and his frustration, right? But it's, but I, I no, identify who with gives a, pencil a shit about the cop? Just being banged against the fucking desk. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm, glad, I don't know. I'm glad you got some joy from this, Shannon. Because oh, I did. She I was loved baffled. it. She was Favorite all about it. Part. Ever. I was so confused. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Listen, I love you know that at a some point somebody moment. was like, oh, he, ha he has to call the sheriff. Like, he has to try and get reinforcements. Mm -hmm. And then somebody's like, yeah, but how do we keep the sheriff out of it since right. he is, you know, he's, he's, the he's the killer. We got to keep him out. And like, they're like, oh, well, yeah. what do we do? And they're like, well, how could we keep this guy from tell like telling him that he's not in his room? And it's like, Oh, just make him really fat and lazy but and he it, doesn't want to go. But it's so surreal and protracted, it only makes you more suspicious. I'd forgotten all about the sheriff, to be honest. And this oh. only makes me, because this is meant to throw you off the scent of the sheriff. 
this only makes you certain it's the sheriff because it's so oh. forced. Yes, yeah, so weird. It's like all you got to do is, you know, give him some other distraction that he wants to be doing more, whether it's yeah. like talking to a girl or, yeah. I don't know, eating a sandwich, something. If, if you're going to make him like this fat guy, it's like, but no. They're just he's just gonna sit there and stare at a fucking wall rather than yeah. go and check on yeah. a guy. He doesn't playing even cards. go back to playing his solitaire game. No. <laughs> he's just I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna let you wait this out. <laughs> anyway, the scene does eventually oh, end it. against all odds. Uh, and Cop Boy so decides strange. then he should he should ring the state police. Mm-hmm. And it turns out when he rings the state police, they've caught the guy who had done the other killing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, something else is happening here. Uh, they're going to turn up. It's going to take them half an hour. Yeah. So, again, they're only aware of one death at the moment. Right. He finally, finally tries to leave her at the dance. But instead, <laughs> she's like, yeah, you just go play sheriff. He's a fucking cop. <laughs> he's not <laughs> like, sure, he's not right? the sheriff, but he is tonight because the sheriff he is has a, man. a gun. <laughs> yeah. He is the fucking sheriff tonight. And a really big flashlight. And she's so condescending to him. And he's every time he's just like, oh, fine, come on. <laughs> right. Which to be fair, like she's the only one putting any of it together. So they decide, what should we do? I know, let's go back to the major's house again. <laughs> to which I wrote the note. Oh, I don't yeah. need to see people wandering around this fucking house anymore. To which the cop goes upstairs. You're like, well, we know. Again. Again, no. again. And if he does, then she and should that, go with him. He's he's in a wheelchair. He's had two strokes. Let me go upstairs. The prowlers, where things are still covered in sheets. This is this is also right. what a where I'm realizing why the prowlers, the film's called the prowler because he's just prowling. He's not doing anything. He's just like prowling around right. for ages, yeah. watching them. She goes back into the same room again. There's a rose on the table now, and then all the lights go off. To which the cop is like, what happened? The lights went out. <laughs> he's like, oh, it must be the fuse. I'll go check it. <laughs> like, no. Right. You, you're in a suspicious like house that you think the murderer might come from when there's a murderer around and right. all the lights go off. It's probably not the fucking fuse. Yeah. Nope. The prowler then grabs him. Yeah. He d- d- on, what, what? He poses. I've written down a note here that makes he- no sense. <laughs> He pulls them into like a closet yes. and locks it. So he doesn't, we yeah. don't see a kill of the cop. Why? And it seems like they are right. being clear that the prowler is purposefully not killing him because we see him lock a closet door, which he inexplicably has a fucking key to. Yep. <sighs> it's very frustrating. So if you didn't know it was the sheriff already. Now, you better sure as shit fucking know. But I don't know why, like... Uh, he's like, you're the best deputy but I've again, ever like, had. The sheriff doesn't seem pissed at anybody else, so I don't know why he's happy to kill other people, but not the cop. It makes no sense, Al. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I'm having the same problem with the end of the burning. I'm like, just kill these fucking characters, please. Right. I'm left with two characters again at mm-hmm. the end. I liked the least Todd interesting. more than either of these two. I liked Alfred less than either of these two. But all four can fucking die. <laughs> That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. And it's not happening. Also, what's happened to Nerd Boy who's getting kissy-kissy with the girl in the basement? Nothing! <laughs> we just go- 
there was that weird guy, the doomsayer shopkeeper yeah, was staring at them, them. And the girl was like, Ew. And then and is he's watching them and, and it looks nothing. like he's holding something and then it goes back to the him and he's not there anymore. So I think they were trying to set up that maybe that guy trying to do a red herring that that guy was the killer because he then well as we'll get to <sighs> shows up later in the house, right? But it's it makes We never see these no people sense. again. You never see them again. They just, they get to have sex in a basement. They're the only people in a horror movie ever (laughs) that actually get to like have sex and not die. Well, and also the only time in a horror movie that the girl is actually like, this is gross. Thanks so much. I'm very excited to have sex in this But then also it's like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Yeah. But she's also like, fine. But acknowledges that they're having sex in like a nasty ass environment. Yeah. Because most of the time, the girls are just like, oh, I don't even see anything but you. Right. Let me have sex in this dumpster with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. L- I love it. I am down for it's romantic. it. romantic. It's so good. I love a dirty, dirty dumpster sex moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Man. Oh, there's a skeleton. They find Rosemary's skeleton, I guess, because we never have it spelled out, but I guess it's her skeleton yeah, full out of the chimney. I think we're supposed to connect. I don't know what the hell Because going on. there's the necklaces that are dangling. I can't remember. Why is it in the chimney, <laughs> right? Why would you put Who it the in the fuck chimney? Knows? What, is she fucking Santa Claus all of a sudden? I don't know what's I have no idea. But yeah, she screams for the first time. Yep. And the prowler then presents a rose and says something. Does he say something? Yeah, he talks. Oh, I missed that. Um, I missed that. I kind of missed what he said. It was something to do with a rose. It's very garbled. I couldn't make it out. I, I rewound it as well, and I couldn't make it out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, mm-hmm. if look, if a mask killer says something, I'm always pissed. I'm like, I don't ever want to hear them speak. Yeah. Uh, I will. I will say they garble his voice so much that I can't hear it. Uh, but also, it's it sounds kind of creepy to be honest. Yeah. If it's just going to be one sentence that means something and it sounds, you know, like Bane out of Dark Knight Rises, then cool. But I don't know what he really says. Then he whips a big old knife out. So she yeah. hides in sheet room, which yeah. turns is a fucking TARDIS yeah. because she gets under a bed and then right. he spends 10 minutes looking for her in this and tiny room. So- <laughs> he sees her run around a corner right. and then it's like, where'd she go? Where's the bed? Where'd huh? she go? Let me look under all uh, of this furniture know. except for the bed that you are clearly under. <laughs> It is so I'm going to literally pitchfork everything in this room except where you are. Right. Right. And, and that's what, like, and this is what you, this is just, what you know that we're in a Scooby-Doo film. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. that's what, like, all I'm thinking. What's the, what's the bear? Uh, that, like, pick a mit, my picnic basket. Yeah. That's what this <laughs> moment reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> that's is exactly I, what it I'm is. I'm going to look all over this room except for the one place that you clearly are hiding. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have to have the fucking horror cliche, which I hate. But I've heard from other people it would legitimately scare them. If I was being hunted by someone, I don't give a shit. As many rats as they want can yeah. come in my proximity. Especially this rat is like cute. It's not like <laughs> a, like you might get rabies from it. It's just like hanging out. Well, it's just like where the fuck did this what rat else? come from now? Yeah, the house seems pretty clean, yeah. and now all of a sudden there's a rat. Well, and I kept but, uh, thinking, I was like, eventually we've got to get him like. He's going to pitchfork through the bed or something. There's going to be some... No. Just straight up nothing. So they're all ineffective is what we're learning now. Yeah. We do get a nice shot, though, as the pitchfork comes down in front of her face. It's kind of cool. Then she runs. 
He tries to pitch her through a door. She breaks it off. Oh, yeah, like, oh, but shit. the pitchfork breaks so fucking easily now. <laughs> yeah. But I do love that he just then he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. And just kicks the door in. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And out of nowhere, the old bald guy, I think they were trying to say might be the prowler. He comes in with a shotgun. No idea. Right. He's just been waiting somewhere as well. Blows yep. the prowler away. And then... <laughs> The most, I mean, in a movie of some really bizarre moments, happy music comes in what and we get these fuck? shots as if these two have just fallen in love with each yes. other. So <laughs> what is happening here? My, my note like, is like, you're my hero. <laughs> but he is disgusting. Like he is the doomsayer hick man. Right. And, and the little turn he does, he like turns his head and like oh, looks at the sideways so and then does they, a little like, smile. They catch the like, moonlight mm. with their faces. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? And yeah. I can only believe this isn't. I can only believe this isn't what they're trying to convey here. <laughs> but that's what they're conveying: is these yeah. two just fell in love. Like, there's a possible. Like, again, you write it in the script. You're like, okay, he shoots her. They're both exhausted. They look at each other for a moment, understanding what they've been through, even though he's been through nothing. Right. <laughs> that's like how it might be in the script. Then you shoot it. <laughs> And then you edit it too long because yeah. they're like, let's prolong this before the killer comes back. That seems a good idea. And mm-hmm. then the musicians like, this composer's like, oh, this is a moment. Let's add some of this music so everyone feels comfortable. And instead you get this nightmare. <laughs> like this is the it's scariest ter- thing in the movie is it's them so looking bad. at each other. <laughs> so yeah. weird. It's so bad. What needed to happen was she goes upstairs to hide and then here's her boyfriend, the deputy guy in the closet, unlocks him. And then he's the one who saves her in the end. That's it. Yeah, well, he's he's just having he a little shoots, nap. He's quite happy in his I know, closet. But it's or like we, these are the things where you're just like, what? What happened to that story? Oh, it's gone now. Well, and I think no that they they tried to set up that the people in the town, because they lived through the original killing, right? Or lived presumably, through one person died. Well, right, but they were there for the original for dance people. where this moment happened in the sheriff. So, like, I think what they're trying to set up is that these two townspeople we see right are uh, everyone is on high alert with this dance because they just have a feeling that the prowler might come back but again we never get that information dump we never get to show it yeah they well they just they just send us around the town for no reason and we aren't supposed to understand that like people in the town are actually suspicious, you know, because I think that's what's happening with wheelchair guy holding on to her, grabbing her is like in that moment, maybe he should have warned her, right? Maybe he should have said anything. Right. And then we get various townspeople. (laughs) I feel like, you know, the guy watching them have sex in the basement is supposed to be like, maybe he's in the basement. Yeah. Keeping an eye on the dance and things like that. Keeping an eye on them. Right. But and but then at the same time, they're also trying to set up these townspeople as potentially being the killer, which is just completely ineffective in any way, shape or form. Ugh. Yep, it's a hot, hot mess. Hot mess. And I'm confused here as well because then the prowler stirs, and then suddenly the prowler has a shotgun too. Well, you see Mm -hmm. him in the very beginning. Whenever he has like his action hero shots, right? The very beginning of like lacing his boots and getting his sword, and he, you see him with the gun, loading it in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's just got. He's well. That's that's the thing. He's carrying a giant fucking knife. This like, <laughs> which looks like a sawed-off shotgun and a pitchfork and all. T- he's got a lot of like shit. 
Hey, look, he's putting keeping them in the same place. The cowboy keeps the enormous torchlight. I guess. <laughs> I also don't know why we have a pitchfork. Like, I mean, there's no heritage to where that comes. It's not even Absolutely to do with World no. War Two. No, it's like no. use World War Two weapons. This doesn't well, make any sense. Especially yeah. because he's got that giant fucking knife. Why yeah. the fuck doesn't he just what? use the giant? fucking knife i mean this yeah. is the thing though with the early 80s and slasher films everyone was trying to find out like, okay jason's gonna well actually again this was before jason had it but you know michael myers has the kitchen knife jason has the machete even though mm-hmm. he actually rarely kills with the machete he uses much more creative stuff and that's part of the fun of jason but yeah they're trying to give each villain their own thing you know have an yeah. axe have a pitchfork whatever. yeah but like put a bayonet on the end of his gun right. or something i agree it's like just make him a soldier and yeah, normally this, I mean, this does piss me off because I slashes a slasher villain using a gun. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Doesn't happen. But I do, I am happy to see these two stop staring at each other in a loving, so, <laughs> loving right. way. But then it gives way to the worst fucking wrestling match ever. <laughs> <sighs> Which, whenever you were like, they didn't use any stunt people, I was like, yeah, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> So, yeah, they just start tussling. <laughs> Maybe here's a good place to say that uh, the guy who was playing the Prowler mm-hmm. was actually... Hang on, let me check it because I write notes for multiple things. This was, yeah, this was the um, the AD, the first AD. Mm. Um, where's his name? Got it somewhere. I'll get to it at the end. But, yeah, and he would find it. He thought it was a terrible idea because, like, I'd have to tell people what to do and then put on my mask and then try and kill them. <laughs> so like there's no like there are many horror films where they won't even let the actors even see the face of who's playing the killer because they want to keep you genuinely afraid to her at the when he she finds rosemary's body is he's like act scared (laughs) more scared (laughs) you're gonna scream now (laughs) but yeah that tussling he he gets all coffee coffee takes off his mask oh my god it's the sheriff what? Um, expected oh this? Oh my god! I didn't see that coming from ten minutes into this movie. But then what I didn't see coming was she blows his fucking head off. Yeah, she does. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, but the way that the wrestling is set up, I almost couldn't tell. Is he trying to kill himself in this moment? Like he knows he's discovered. Yeah, I. The way I, I that they're fighting over this gun, I couldn't tell what was happening mm-hmm. i don't think so because then she kills him she could have just let him kill himself like right. i feel like they're meant to be fighting over the gun but it does look really confusing yeah um yeah but yeah but, but the exploded head looks fucking cool yeah, this, this was like the actual head again doesn't look that great when you see it but like just the explosion's crazy it's because he filled it with apple cores he does a lot of condoms filled with blood. That's what you use for a lot of these things. Like oh, nice. the head that had the knife going through it. That works because you have lots of condoms full of blood inside there. And then, yeah, Tom Savini was just taking everyone's leftover lunch from the day and putting it inside this guy's head <laughs> for the explosion. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. So his head just explodes. I'm woken up again. Happy music comes in. The right. cops turn up. Uh, cop boy and final girl are reunited. They head to her house. And... I'm like just I'm kind of pissed to be honest. I'm like this is not satisfying. But then well, at the this creep- point, Shannon's like, this is where we're gonna know why why right. everything just happened. We're gonna get it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's about to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Someone's gonna say it. Good. Nope. It's gonna happen. Instead, we get nope. something even weirder. 
nothing at all but yeah like the creepy vibe comes back in because she goes around into a room and we're like what are we doing and then me and tom are like wait can you is the shower still running yeah <laughs> like yeah. just basically in the background and honestly like for me that, that that's going for the entire film and still no one's even found their bodies is really creepy and they go yeah, in and out yeah. of this room without finding them and then she goes in there and i'm like oh this is really cool and then it's really stupid because yep. this guy <laughs> who's had a knife through his brain out of his chin yeah. is yeah. still alive somehow for a brief few seconds to do a final scare. Yeah. To yeah. which then we're like, is it all in her mind then? Right. <laughs> is he a zombie? Because his eyes went white. Like, I don't, what am I supposed to, be- like, all of a sudden it just gets uh, this, like, weird turn with him reaching out to her. And I get it's supposed to be, you know, the final scare and all that sort of stuff. But it's just wholeheartedly ineffective because we saw him get fully fucking brained. Like, What's the actual last shot? I haven't written down one. Normally I do write down the last shot. Do you remember? The last shot is her just being like, oh, oh." she kind of backs up into, into the room and things. And then we go back to... The two in the shower dead, which is like actually creepy and lingering and all that sort of stuff. But it's like you could have had the same thing if she was a better fucking actress. You end this movie discovering the bodies and her just fucking broken by what this is. And then you're leaving yourself open for something in the future following this character, assuming she wasn't a shitty fucking actress as she is, so that you can... Because now your next movie is this woman dealing with the trauma and what happens whenever there's another prowler or something on the loose, right? You could have totally done another film like that if you wanted to. But because... She's such a shitty fucking actress. You can't depend on her to have that last moment, right? Because that's what I want is if we're not going to get an information dump, then I want to see this woman broken at the end of this. Yeah, but they don't even, like, she's seen two dead bodies. Like, she's been through yeah. so little in this movie. She that's doesn't like, know any of the other shit that's happened. But these yeah, are supposed the to problem. be her best friends. No, no, completely, completely. But there hasn't been this. Gra- that's my problem. Is like they, we haven't had this gradual thing. Right. No. Like there's not been a gradual ebbing of of the trauma to her. Yeah. Um. And here at the end, though, like they do leave it in a way. Like maybe the guy isn't still alive. Maybe that is just her head now is spooked so much that mm-hmm. she yeah. just imagined him coming back. I don't know. But yeah, pro- one of my favorite things about this movie. I don't know if you guys noticed or stuck around to see. But me and Tom were discussing the pieces and like you know the Scooby Dooness of it all. And the credits that start off in red, they gradually turn to yellow throughout the end credits. It's very yeah. strange. Very strange. And quite a unique thing to do. And I'm not sure what they're trying to say with it, um, but I quite like it. It was kind of like, cool. I suddenly was like, hang on, these were red a second ago. And we went back and there's this sudden moment where they like go. Ooh. Oh, that's weird. I mean, like yellow ribbons are a thing for like war vets and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if oh, there's something they're trying to say there. Maybe. But- which again this is like the signifier for me like that says everything for me about a movie it's like they are thinking that's an effort that most people wouldn't put in mm-hmm. but i don't understand what they're thinking about yeah <laughs> and that's the and problem also, that i'm having it's lost on your audience if your audience isn't paying that level of the same attention that you are i guess it's like 
if sure, I'm not like, sitting there watching the credits, it's like I'm not even going to notice that. Well, that's fine. But then there has to be like, then I have to think enough to, there has to be something there for me to think about. Exactly. And the problem is there's that's not, what I mean. there's just, I can tell they're thinking, but I'm not in on that conversation with right. them. And that's a reoccurring thing. Yeah. So they finished the movie. Again, not great for a sequel though, Shannon, because you've blown off your main character's right. head. <laughs> They got an offer from Avco Embassy, who were the guys who distributed The Fog, Prom Night, Escape from New York. Um, and they were going to open the movie in over a thousand plus theaters. Ooh. So they were going to get a proper release for this movie. They decided not to go with them. What? Uh, and here's why. They were offered only 700... Uh, yeah, sorry. They were offered only $700,000 for the distribution rights for this movie. Mm. Which, so for people who don't know in the business, the customary thing for your main distribution is for them to basically pay back your budget. So you're starting off, you know, with a blank sort of statement and then you're trying to make money from that point forward with the distributor making either even amount like, you know, 50-50 split or potentially even in the distributor's favor because they've paid off. You know mm-hmm. what you what you did. That doesn't always happen, and I can tell you firsthand with indie films, uh, it's much harder to do that stuff when you're on a low budget. But that's a customary thing. They, I mean, yeah, they had they. We believe they'd gone to about a million dollars, and I say with this movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, guys, you should have taken the seven hundred thousand oh, dollars yeah. and the one thousand plus theaters for a fucking distributor who knew what they were doing and had made successes. Because the producer decided to distribute himself through sub distributors. So he arranged the movie to then tour from region to region, just playing for a few weeks in each region. And because of this, it generated no buzz whatsoever. It ranked 135th for the year in the US. It earned less than a million during its theatrical run. So it didn't even make its money back. So if they're just taking that distribution, they probably would have made more just from that before you even get to the thousand theaters playing it. Hmm. Now, internationally, it was eventually picked up by Carol Co. for International, where they changed the title to Rosemary's Killer. Oh, yeah. Um, I did see that. And it did do much better. It did do much better abroad, so it made more money there. Uh, It had most of the gore cut out of the US and the UK. In fact, sorry, US and Europe. By the time uh, the German version that was put out, they called it the Pitchfork of Death. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they had a minute of gore edited out, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's... All the good stuff. Yeah. They then replaced... Anytime there's daytime in a film, they put bird sounds over it. (laughs) Anytime there's nighttime, they put crickets. (laughs) And then they replaced all of the score with the synth music by a still uncredited musician. No one knows who did it. Yes! Synth music. So I kind of want to track down that German version. I know. But so while the movie didn't do well and didn't get sequels and didn't make money, one of the owners of Friday the 13th saw it. And obviously, this was the same time that um, Friday 13th Part 2 was coming out. He rang up Zito, the director, and said he saw the film. He loved it, but said, you're not going to make any money with this movie. And he said, if you just made this exact same movie, but you put Friday the 13th in the title, you're going to make tons of fucking money. So we want you to come and work for us. We want you to do Friday the 13th Part 4 when we get to it, because they were already doing Part 3. So he did. That was the next movie that, I believe it was the next movie that that, uh, Zito did. He went and made Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Spoilers, it wasn't. He brought Tom Savini with him. He brought DP with him. And it's one of the most beloved slasher films of all time. It's one of the most, like a lot of people, it's one of, in the top two, I would say, Friday the 13th movies for most people. It's the one that has Crispin Glover in it. 
It has Corey Feldman in it. <laughs> it has a pair of identical twins getting their boobs out in it. It's like one of the most fun just like this is all of the tropes of a slasher movie. You've got famous people before they're really famous. Mm-hmm. You've got tons of nudity in that movie, tons of creative gore, and it's pure popcorn fun. Like that film is just fun, 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 like crazy, like, you know, slasher fun going on, which is why this movie is such a surprise to me because this movie is not fun, fun, fun no. in any way whatsoever. But yeah, this movie went to DVD in 2002. Uh, the director, Zito, he actually tried to get it to not come out because he was so embarrassed by two things in this movie that he hated so much. Ooh. He was trying to get it not to be re-released. Number one was the fake tombstone. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's and number two was just the picture inside the book of Rosemary. Really? Yeah. He hated both of these things so Those much. Those are the so things that release. he was the most embarrassed about? Dude, you're picking the wrong things to be embarrassed about. <laughs> Maybe just edit out that 30 seconds of longing between your right? final girl and the creepy hit guy. Yeah. That's what you should be embarrassed about. Yeah. But it wasn't uncut and on the home market until then, until it went to DVD in 2002. And then it finally went to Blu-ray in 2010. In fact, this year, 2019, as we're just still recording it, the score was released on vinyl by Waxwork Records. Hey, Which are a great, a great place. So if you're liking that score, but not the band, I'm afraid, Jen. God damn it. There's no point then. <laughs> so just to close then, the film gained a massive cult following. And in 2017, it was named by Complex Magazine as the 24th best slasher film of all time. Pace really? put it in their top 50 slasher films of all time. LA Weekly ranks the killer, not the film, but the killer, the 11th greatest slasher villain of all time. Uh, now, for some context to that with the films that we've been watching, that's just one above Cropsey from last week. He made mm. number 12 on LA Weekly's list. And at number 10 is Kenny from Ter- Terror Train. Oh, really? That's yeah. funny. So, these three films we've done in a row are 10, 11, and 12 on LA Weekly's top slasher villains. Interesting. Uh, for the previous ones you've seen, Shannon, I can tell you that our owl friend from Stage Fright made number nine. Oh. Oh. I and love at, him. And at number seven, we've got Billy from Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, really? Ooh, yeah. Billy. That's funny. Of course, the top four are the, you know, the normals. Like how Michael Myers always wins that stuff and Jason's always number two yeah. and Freddy mm-hmm. at number three or whatever. So there you go. That is The Prowler. Uh, interesting movie, I think. And I'm very intrigued to see. Uh, I mean, look, when we don't normally play stuff until we get to our wrap-ups, but I am. I do want us to tackle since they're the same year. Which one you think we should have tackled, okay? Now that we've all seen both of them, you guys can say, if we just had to have done one of these two, which one should it have been? Let's start with Katie this week. Oh, well, How that's like that last question is really difficult just because these are extremely different yeah. flavors of film. I will say, like, in my ranking that I've been doing as I go through, I ranked The Prowler a tiny bit higher, like a 0.5 higher, just because... It like the the rapiness in the burning just really fucking mm-hmm. messes me up, and I can't give that film any hierarchy over other stuff. Like I just physically that's against my personality. Um, so it's kind of hard. I think that I understand now more of the like fifty fifty divide in people's responses between these two because if you're looking, it just depends on what angle like you're looking at these films from and I think in retrospect if you haven't watched them side by side in a long time or have seen either of them in a long time then 
you kind of forget the 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 things that weren't great horror tropes and you just remember yeah the effects and the raft scene in the burning and yeah tim savini's amazing effects in the prowler and you forget that we spend five minutes with a, ma- a fat man eating tobacco in don't a chair you and playing solitaire. Dare, <laughs> like, don't you I generally dare. Did. Until I got it's to my so notes, strange. I forgot about that moment. And I was like, oh my God. So I don't like the only reason that I'm rating the Prowler higher is yeah, just simply because women gave consent to having sex, <laughs> which is not a good thing. But right. like, that's the only thing that pushes it a little bit above for me. And okay. I do appreciate the like in real time kills. I get how those are way more effective and I appreciate that. And I actually really love the last scene if the guy hadn't grabbed her. I think that that is so cool to like in in reality, yeah, those people would still be in the fucking shower and no one has found them and to for your lead to assumingly like Shannon was hoping for be broken by this point and to just be mentally and physically exhausted. And to, you know, be grieving for your friends that have died and to go back up into your room to just like sleep and kind of maybe wash the day off and, you know, just get some ground and then to go up there and discover that it's violated even your like private sanctum of your room. It's traumatizing. And I think that that's a great idea. But then, yeah, they kind of just schlock it up with obviously dead man Mm -hmm. grabbing at her. And her terrible reaction to that. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's all I can. It does. It does. Okay. But yeah, so you appreciate that it's kind of the struggle between the two because they're both yeah. doing different things. For sure. Shannon. Uh, I agree. I can also see why these are a 50-50 split because in some ways they're doing the same things, but different in that like the kills are g- gory and gruesome in both of these and like you know hardcore for the people that like them but the the burning is far more fun movie and fun like typical slasher you know we talked last week about it being very jasony and it's, that it's interesting that these movies were created at the same time without anyone you know stealing anything from anyone else right um yeah. that it feels the burning feels more fun because you have that camp vibe, but so rapey, it's unwatchable, in my opinion. <laughs> and whereas this movie, y- you have those really gory kills, but they feel realistic. They feel disturbing. They feel haunting. It is not surprising to me that The Prowler is a cult, like, classic movie. I find the prowler the better film in compare in these two i think the burning um again has so many things that are problematic with it to a modern sensibility both the rapiness the like as we've talked about before it feels like it should be fun but there are moments that feel decidedly not fun like the woman fully nude getting into the water she feel it looks uncomfortable like i just i don't want it to happen and then we're also getting super long drawn out chase scenes in the burning you know what it, like their story isn't any less convoluted than the prowler story right so whenever both stories are fucked um <laughs> and you're and then i'm really just looking at like 
okay, what is this doing effectively? I feel like the prowler, what the prowler does effectively is better than what the burning does effectively, in my opinion. Um, I also think the prowler is just, is a cooler villain, is a cooler bad guy. I like, like last night, literally, I, because I left watching this movie last night and was kind of okay with it because it, it I found it to be really predictable. Like I said, I was not watching the kills as they were happening in the movie for the most part because I saw what happens in the um, menu card. <laughs> um, but I felt like I was okay with this movie. But still last night I was thinking of like, oh God, seeing that prowler, that covered mask face right in my apartment in my room and that kept me up <laughs> oh and that's- no, that was just alex we sent him around in a uh, army gotcha, fatigue. Gotcha. <laughs> but you know and that's kind of the point in these movies is to like give you something lasting right and to really scare you and i think the prowler does that way more effectively i feel like there are clear story problems in it for sure and our leads are ineffective at best but i still find them more interesting than anyone except for the female counselor and the burning (laughs) because i appreciate that like the girl is sleuthing it out she's a journalist you know her sleuthing is boring but i appreciate she's doing it (laughs) you know and i fucking love that absurd hotel scene like but to me that makes sense in a cult classic movie it reminds me of like rocky horror picture show moments of like we're getting something uh, really absurd in the middle of this like very what could be a very very dark film i like i feel like so much of these movies in my ranking of like where they go it's less about the film itself and how it is and more about where do I see the potential, right? And I think that there's more potential in The Prowler than there is in The Burning, in my opinion. Like, you could make a really cool, very dark, haunting slasher movie if you just fix some of these story problems that they have and you focus and you can make it fun too if you're focusing more on the party than like the let's run around the town and be in the old man's house for 30 fucking minutes you know inexplicably inexplicably so with hindsight being 2020 i feel like the prowler has way more potential and is more interesting the kills are certainly more interesting and i find the bad guy more interesting too it's just it's so frustrating they did choose the right distribution path it really is yeah because, yeah, otherwise I think more people would have been talking about this movie other than just the sort of slasher deep cut fans. Yeah. It really, for me, yeah, it's always difficult. Every time I go back to these two and I do it fairly, you know, every few years I go back to them both and I'm, well, more, more of than that every couple of years probably. And I'm always like, this is a time when I'm going to have a clear cut one. Where it's going to be like, this is the one that I'm, you know, really prefer and I think is like, you know, a great movie. And I never do for all the reasons I said last week to do with The Burning. And for this week, because you had the kills in this, whenever Tom Savini's, you know, in control, essentially, fucking great. And I do Mm -hmm. think the director brings some skill to that as well. I think the actors do pretty well throughout, like, you know, in terms of like, none of it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's just the problem is, is like outside of the murders, it's so fucking dull. And then all you can do is start thinking about then the story because you're not being entertained. And the story makes no sense. It's just like completely pointless. It's like they had a setup for an idea and then they never thought through the rest. And 
it's very frustrating because this is a movie like again in a normal slasher film it might make no sense but you're having some fun with it and they're mm-hmm. not concerned about it making sense they're just trying to have fun here you can feel that the director wants to tell something of a higher scale and it's a problem when you don't have all the pieces together so it really falls down to me of like do you want a, you know do you want a uh, a knockoff friday the 13th movie or do you want a knockoff halloween movie right and that's really what we've got each week I prefer Halloween to Friday the 13th, but unlike you actually, Shannon, I feel for me, there's never been, you see a seminal Friday the 13th movie, whereas there has been a seminal Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the burning is the chance like, okay, can you do something the Friday the 13th haven't done? Not really. (laughs) No. Um, Can this do something any of the Halloweens hasn't done? No. Other than I will say the kills in this are probably better than almost any of the Halloweens, to be honest really frustrating and i can never pick i can never ever pick and the the rapiness as we're calling it of the burning is the one thing that makes it easier in terms of like okay well i obviously that's a terrible taste to be left within your mouth when i asked tom after he saw both of them and i said to him well which one did you prefer he was like oh man that's actually like really tough for all the reasons we're both saying Mm -hmm. he said he would lean slightly towards the burning just because he was like it was more fun um like even though there was big problems with that movie it was a more of a fun movie um mm-hmm. and so i completely get it i understand why people prefer that one yeah and i i understand why people prefer the prowler but you can only prefer the prowler because of the killings if these yeah. killings weren't here this movie is just dull with a yeah. few okay you can shoot fine you're an okay director which is more than most slasher directors are sadly um but most slasher directors who aren't great artistic directors get away with it again because they just have energy and they're just trying to have fun. This isn't doing that. So mm-hmm. everything needs to be escalated and sadly it's just the killings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really frustrating. Very complicated like movies for me emotionally to judge. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. still like compiling a list of my personal favorite 50 slasher movies and I always find it a real struggle to know where to place these two because it's like, well, I can put them on a list for like best kills or whatever or I can put it on the list of best, you know, the raft scene or whatever, but as a movie on it on a whole really tough mm-hmm. but yeah so that's the prowler next week we are finally creeping into 1982 i'm glad you guys at least appreciated i, I thought you know we could have done two weeks of 1981 for you to be like why the fuck did we need to cover one of these movies or either uh, <laughs> which could have been valid from shannon <laughs> yeah but now we find, i'm glad you both appreciate why i felt we need to do both of these and now we get to go to 1982 moving out of out of this era into a slightly different era of slashes where we're already getting strange offshoots i will tease that in just a minute but before we get there please do still subscribe and rate us and you know let us know do you prefer the prowler or the burning i'm mr al white on all the social medias and on xbox and on playstation what about katie uh i'm my dearest watson on instagram and at watson dearest on twitter i'm shannon hollander on insta you can you message can Shannon her. and tell her how much you hate the, her new fat man friend. No, I love him. I love him. He's the best part of any of these movies I've watched. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, since you like surrealist humor, maybe you're going to enjoy next week's film, Shannon. I'm oh, not great. sure. Let me tell you a few facts. I'm always trying to pick out a few. Though. I'm going to spoil things for you. 
Now, again, in my opinion, you're out of the stuff that you should be nervous about. Like these two okay. films were the two definitely with like the most sort of like legendary sort of kills because of Savini's involvement. Well, and as we found you- out before, <laughs> you cannot underestimate the things that will scare me. <laughs> I also I have no idea. Like I for sure thought the Prowl is going to fuck you up. So I don't know anymore. I, I what honestly is and what isn't. think the only reason it didn't was because I saw the kills out of context in that in the menu grab right so basically seeing kills twice <laughs> makes everything okay well i think uh, it's the out of context because no, then it, it's it. just a because then it's just props well in my opinion nothing moving forward is going to spook you in the same way it's but you do get spooked out by weird things so we'll we'll have to see what i can okay. say though is next week tbd we're going to be covering the slumber party massacre Ooh. so good i'm excited um, what can we say about this? Number one, it's a Roger Coleman production, which means extremely low budget. And it <laughs> means uh, there are going to be a lot of naked ladies in it. Yes. I can't wait Number to slam titties. There better be so many fucking pillow fights. Just so many no, naked uh, pillow no. fights. Mm, I mean, honestly, <laughs> you wait. Uh, yes. Number two. Number two is that this movie was shot at a house that's still standing, um, which is just off of Lincoln Boulevard, just uh, near where me and Katie used to live. Uh, oh. We don't anymore. I used to run by it, do my jogs by yep. it all the time. Oh. Mostly because the killer might still be in there. Okay. Number three, this film is the only one that we've done in quite a while that has sequels. It has quite a lot of sequels, actually, because it's Roger Corman, and I'll talk a bit about those. Also, bear in mind when you get to this movie – Week seven, which is actually week eight or whatever for us, but the seventh year, you guys get to pick what that film's going to be because there isn't a, oh, it's obviously got to be this movie. And mm. your choices are going to be, we're going to watch the sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, or you're going to get to watch Slumber Party Massacre Part 2. Um, so you're going to pick the sequel you want to watch that year. So when you watch this one, just bear that in mind and in a few weeks' time, you're going to have to make a decision. Gotcha. And the the last fact, well, I'm going to send you guys both right now the poster. People should go onto Google, check out the Slumber Party Massacre poster. I'll just send that to our little group chat. Take a little look. That is the poster to the Slumber Party Massacre. A bunch of girls in their underwear looking up between a guy's legs. As he has a drill. drill. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. Oh, God, he's got a court. Oh, I just noticed the weapon. (laughs) Yep. Drill penis. And the last fact that I want to leave you with, Shannon, is this movie was directed by a woman. What? I was going to say, it's also written by a woman. Yep, it is. We'll get there. I mean, there's a slight caveat to that, but we will get there. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. We will be back next Friday when we'll be dealing with some party masquerade. Until then, we're out, geeks. Geeks.